Blog Talk Radio. So nearly 22 years ago, police found the body of bride-to-be Stacy Stites dumped alongside a rural road north of Bastrop. Investigators cleared more than 20 suspects over the course of nearly a year as they searched for the killer. A chance DNA link between a Bastrop man named Rodney Reed, who is now 49 years old, and the victim would ultimately break the case and lead to a conviction. But Rodney's death sentence has brought little closure to those involved with the case. Rather, it set off a 20-year legal tug-of-war. The court battle waged by his defense has brought with it a slow drip of new evidence, leading many to question the inmate's guilt and pushing an appellate court to postpone his execution two years earlier. Rodney uh, Reed has been quoted as saying, they are trying to kill me for something I did not do. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the American Idiots Podcast, a special edition. Happy New Year to everyone along the Talk Radio 49 network. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking the Rodney Reed case. Now, I gave you a little backstory behind that. Uh, Miss Lisa O'Brien, one of our hosts, along with Sean Castleberry, joining us tonight. Whether you're pro Rodney Reed or you're, you're, you're you know, uh, anti Rodney Reed, however you want to say it, uh, as far as pro guilt, guilty, not guilty, you have the option to call in. It's 347 989 1171. That's 347 989 1171. I'm going to tell you right now, we've got a few guests lined up for the show. If you want to call in and you have a case, please, please make sure that you keep it civil. This is not a the forum where we're going to sit here and argue and fight amongst each other. We're here to discuss the case. We're not going to follow a narrative. As far as what you believe, that's your opinion. We want you to formulate that opinion for yourself. So without any further ado, Sean, Lisa, how are you guys doing today? Very well. Doing great. We we had a we had a, a, a an intro formulated where I didn't have to repeat all that live, but uh apparently my inner Bill O'Reilly kicked in, so F it, we'll do it live. <laughs> that's great. Uh, but anyway, I hope everybody had a happy new year out there. I know the seriousness of the subject that we're speaking of tonight, but do want to again wish everyone a happy new year. Sean, I hope yours was great. Lisa, yours is great. Michael, I could care less. <laughs> Poor Michael. So oh, I guess uh, the Steelers have not played yet, actually. Uh, they play Sunday. They will be playing. Who's the, who are they playing? The Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, their uh, Patriots will be playing the upset-minded Tennessee Titans. That's our little look at sports there. Of course, the big championship game tonight along the SEC country, Alabama versus Auburn or uh, Georgia. It's going to be a big game. So it's, what, it's 3-0 with 14 minutes left to play in the first half. So there's your sports update here on the American <laughs> Idiots podcast. But um, I guess. It, it, without further ado, we can go ahead and get into this. Uh, our uh, co-host, Lisa O'Brien, a resident expert on the Rodney Reed case. Um, Lisa, do you want to go ahead and kind of explain to the listeners um, some, maybe some of the potential guests that we have tonight and, and kind of get started into the case? Okay. Well, one of the guests tonight is uh, a gentleman by the name of Lion Polomsky, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Um, he produced a documentary while he was at the University of Texas uh, called State vs. Reed, and it's available on YouTube. 
and it uh, it covers the Rodney Reed case. It was, I think, originally done in 2006, and it was updated in 2013 or 2014. And it is available on YouTube. Look for State versus Reed. Uh, and then and the other guest is a lady by the name of Vivian. Uh, she was a victim of Rodney Reed in Bastrop, Texas, in October of 1995. And as, of course, the the murder, Sean, is, and I've actually come to find this out, very interesting case. Um, we've watched the documentary um, read tons of information on the internet, and Sean, I'm telling you right now, this happened to what April? I want to say it was April 23rd, 1996. Uh, yes. They found her body. Okay. What? I don't remember what time they said they found the body uh, of Stacy. It was at about a little bit before around 3 p.m. A little before um, 3 p.m. Yeah. And I'm gonna uh, go ahead and put this out there for everybody that's listening. Um, Obviously, Lisa has formulated her opinion. She has studied this. Sean and Michael, to be honest with you, I'm I'm really honestly, I've as much research as I've done, I don't feel like I've researched enough. And my opinion right now is, I am kind of in favor of of Rodney Reed's guilt, but I still have uh, a couple of things that that kind of lead me in the persuasion that maybe he didn't do it. So and I'm so I'm really glad that we're doing this show. Um, and, and I, I, again, encourage anyone that's listening or to calling in to keep an open mind and, and potentially, you know, if you have an opinion that you don't agree with, let's not try to bash each other. Let's try to just keep to the facts and, um, do it that way. No, I agree. Uh, I, I would definitely say that I'm, a, I'm probably about 50, 50 on this one. Uh, the state's case is not 100% solid, but they had enough to convict Mr. Reed. And, of course, there is a conspiracy theory that he was falsely convicted and that he may be innocent. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. So hopefully by the end of this program, people will have uh, you know, formulated their own opinions and you know, we can kind of gauge where we're all at at the end of all this. Right, and I think Lisa would agree. I mean, well, I guess we could start the show by by this the the basically the the compelling evidence, the smoking gun um, in the state's case is that they found DNA um, internally uh, with Stacy's sites that linked uh, matched up with Rodney Reed, and I think the most uh, compelling issue that I want to start with is that. When this all started and they brought Rodney Reed in, they actually brought Rodney Reed, correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa, they brought him in on, um, or they, or I guess maybe they told him or they brought him in on like some drug charges, and then they started asking right. him about Stacy, and he denied even knowing Stacy. and then, if I have this correct, he was, uh, they found the DNA because of a, of a rape case, linked it together and at that point he then said no i know stacy but the reason that i did not tell you was because we had had a five month long affair and she didn't want her fiance uh a a police officer in the in the county i believe uh jimmy finnell to Uh, find out about it and that's how the dna got there 
Yeah, he was a police officer in a neighboring city called Giddings. He and okay. Stacy lived in Giddings. Stacy worked in Bastrop. So uh, he was in the neighboring city of Giddings. He had previously worked as a jailer at the Bastrop County Sheriff's Office. I think that was about six months that he was a jailer, and then he got his law enforcement certification, and he got a job over in Giddings. And he was a patrol officer in Giddings at that time. Okay, Sean, I mean, your take so far, I mean, just with that little piece of information, because to me, uh, that raises a lot of questions of guilt that he's denied the existence of even knowing Stacy until the DNA evidence came out and then goes, well, we were having an affair. I mean, that looks awful convenient to me, just that piece of evidence. And, and a lot of people would probably go that way. Uh, we, we, we should also you know, consider that Fennell was the first prime suspect in this case. He was questioned multiple times. He was given a polygraph test. Um, they ruled him not a suspect. And it was a year later that Mr. Reed was actually arrested, again, uh, on drug charges. And that's when they questioned him about knowing uh, Stacy Stites. And, of course, they, they had their DNA evidence, and they wanted to catch him in, you know, some kind of incriminating lie, which, you know, in, in the opinion, that's exactly what they did when he denied that he knew her altogether. So there is a conspiracy theory now that, you know, Reed was falsely convicted, that Fennell was actually the murderer, and that he set him up. And they use things like the timeline and different, you know, aspects of the case where, the police force itself did a really shoddy job of trying to investigate this. Um, there was cross-contamination. There was loss of the chain of evidence. Uh, there, there were a lot of things that the police did wrong, but they did have that, that crucial piece of evidence, and that's what got Mr. Reed convicted. So it wasn't until later when he was able to look at some of the court records after his conviction, and he saw that the crime scene, there was a beer can that happened to have what they said were the DNA of two other officers involved at the crime scene. And that's when he started pushing for this fight for innocence. And, you know, again, this is all conspiracy theory. Nobody knows, you know, a hundred percent either way of who actually committed this crime or not, but he was ultimately convicted because of the evidence that they found his claim being that he had a sexual relationship with Stacy and had had sex with her the day before. And that's why his DNA would be on her. Um, and and Lisa, I want to ask you this. I mean, moving away from that for just a second, but hitting on something that Sean said, uh, he mentioned the polygraph. Now, obviously, you can, I don't know, I don't know how much faith I put in a polygraph mm -hmm. test, but there were signs of deception within that polygraph uh, according to police officials, when questioning that, Jimmy Fennell. That's correct. And actually, in the spirit of full disclosure, he was actually given two polygraphs. Yes. He did show deception on both polygraphs. But polygraphs um, are not court, though, and that's what people should understand. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they're really, they're not really a, uh, a an accurate uh 
measure of whether someone is telling the truth or not telling a lie. They measure stress signals, heart rate, blood pressure, breathing, uh, you know, involuntary responses to stress. If you, I mean, I had to take a polygraph for a job at a security company. And I did terribly because I was so nervous about it. Right. Just the idea of it. So I hadn't done anything wrong. I wasn't lying. I mean, I was, I was truthful when they asked me if I ever smoked pot. I told the truth. But he said my heart rate and my, my, uh, my blood pressure were just all over the place. Well, if anybody's had to go, I was worried about polygraph. And and again, if anybody else has been through that experience, it is intimidating. You know, you're hooked up to a machine. You don't really understand the science behind it. I mean, anybody that would take a polygraph test would be naturally nervous and could fail the possible polygraph. So that's why they're not. The person questioning you is behind you. And obviously, in 1996, I don't know how much the polygraphs changed, but I'm ta- I'm pretty sure it is a little bit more primitive back then than it is now. Right. Well, and I and mean, something I would like to add to that, um, if they want to talk about Jimmy Finnell's polygraph, Rodney Reed has never taken a polygraph. So, you know, if if it's reliable with Jimmy Finnell, then why hasn't he taken one? Well, I mean, that's why I'm saying it's not admissible in court. You know, they, they mention it in the documentaries and, and, and the court records and like that. But, I mean, I want people to form their opinions based on facts, and people should know that polygraphs are not 100% accurate. You cannot convict somebody with a polygraph test, even though you can sway an opinion of a, a jury with a polygraph result. It can't be used as actual evidence. Right. No. But um... – yeah, but it, but like I said, the 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 documentary uh, it makes it sound as though the polygraph results are dispositive. And 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 I would actually say that that documentary and state versus so is by if, Reed. If if that's the case, then why hasn't Reed taken and passed a polygraph test? And like Sean well, I, just said, I, I mean, I would say that, it, and, and no offense to the documentary maker, obviously he did that the way he felt like doing it, but it is very pro-read, and in, in that, and in, in it leans towards that. And, you know, another thing, as with all criminal cases and advocacy, one way or the other, as to guilt or innocence, you have to be careful because sometimes things are represented as, quote, facts when they're actually conclusory allegations that aren't corroborated by any evidence uh, well, or are refuted by evidence. And that's true. I mean, a lot of people go the court process. You know, people go into court, and it's the better argument that wins or makes these decisions. So you could no, walk Sean, in. It's- no, it's the evidence supporting the argument. If the argument is made right, I mean, we can look at cases like, say, O.J., where a majority of a lot of people think that he did it, but yet he was acquitted. There was plenty of evidence out that supported well, their case. Yeah, but that was, that was a jury. That wasn't uh, – you know, that was a jury that 
basically didn't want to convict him. Well, as far as he really well, wanted okay. to be honest. Sean, not to not to interrupt, but we have our first guest of the night on the show. It is the 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 maker of the documentary. Uh, Brian, are you with us? Yeah, yeah. You're talking about you. No, Brian. Oh. We actually have a caller. Are you with us? Nope. Hello, caller. Hello? Are you there? Hold on. Hello. Caller, are you with us? Hello. Yes. Hello. I can, can you hear you? Hello. Uh, I don't yes, think she can hear you. Are you talking to me? Yes. We're talking yes, to Mel. You talking to me? Okay. Yeah. Well, you just said you were talking to the uh, the. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was. I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. I was under the impression that's who that was. I do apologize. You wanted to make a statement, that- ma'am. Well, I actually just called in to uh, listen to the show. I'm not even sure where you're at in the conversation other than I just um, heard the last little bit before you took my call. Okay. Well, basically so where, where we so were where at. Are you at? I have, I have, well, I have strong feelings about the case. What, what position are you at in the conversation? Well, what uh, we've we done just... so far basically is, is we've just talked about uh, Jimmy Fennell and the polygraph test and the, and the signs of deception. We've talked about the DNA link and how Rodney Reed has claimed that he that he didn't know Stacy, but now he knows Stacy. They had an affair. Basically, just the, at the the beginning of the whole discussion, on honestly. And the beer can, we've talked a little bit about that, but we haven't gone too much in depth at this point. All right. And so then you're looking for callers as in what they think or feel or or – I mean, I, I'm a I am a believer in Rodney Reed's innocence and the state's corruption. So you you can right. extrapolate from that what you what you want, but and I'm sure Lisa O'Brien has some comments about that because I know she believes in the state's um uh, um let's see what's the word I'm looking for the state's uh, higher self. And you know the black man's innocence, but well, no, I, that's I, I, not, that's totally incorrect. Well, my anyway. belief in his guilt is based on the evidence against him and the yeah, lack of evidence yeah. supporting right, his claim of innocence. Well, whatever. You, the evidence that that convicts Rodney is extremely limited, and if you're okay with convicting somebody based on such limited evidence then that says something about the state of Texas. I mean, there's so limited evidence convicting Rodney that it's just, um, it's unreasonable that somebody could go to prison when the truck had no, no fingerprints or nothing on the vehicle that she's last seen in. To think that Rodney Reed is such a, super powerful person to overcome a vehicle driving down the road and that some girl 
that's so ignorant that she would just stop and pull up some random nigger on the side of the road and let him in the car is what is that saying about safety? And then to think that the last place that she was ever seen is not even checked. I mean, so I I just don't understand the evidence. You know, his semen was inside her. Well, that's because they were having sex. I mean, and to think that safety is saliva was on her breast. Uh, that's, and that it, was his okay. DNA. No, There's whatever. There's new DNA from her pants and her no, belt least, No, no, incorrect, incorrect. The DNA was because they were having sex. And the DNA, as you well know, and you probably contributed to, is David Gord's collection of semen from Rodney, from Carolyn Rivas, a person who didn't even want to allege anything against Rodney, but her social worker did because she was mildly retarded. That DNA was collected in a container by David Board for years until this happened, and then they used that and dabbled it where they wanted. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you ever driven from right. up to Austin and it took you an hour and a half to get there on a 20-minute ride? That is a claim that's never been presented by Rodney Reed in court. If he well, has a tampering matter. claim and so you have okay. evidence, so you're okay. he so should you're okay present it. You're, so you're okay with killing somebody because it wasn't presented in a court of law? There are so many issues in a court of law. You can't bring this forward because this didn't happen. You can't do this because this didn't happen. That doesn't freaking matter. Somebody's life is going to be killed like Cameron Todd Willingham because something didn't come forward in a legal way? I mean, that's bullshit. It's just bullshit. Well, that's honestly, that's how, how the system works, ma'am. Yeah, that, I, I mean, mean I, 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 what are we supposed to do? Open the prison yeah. doors and let everyone out? That's well, stupid. Somebody I mean, says that something ridiculous. happened. Yeah, Lisa, that's what? dumb. You know that. That's dumb. We're just hey, I'm to you're open the doors and let everybody out. We're supposed to open the doors and let everybody out because everybody has the same argument as Rodney. Everybody doesn't have the same argument. Not everybody in prison sits there and says, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. That's not the way that it goes. The people that are innocent claim they're innocent. The other people realize that they were wrong, and that's where they're at. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Now, hey, let's be fair about all this. We're just discussing the facts of the case. I'm against the death penalty. I don't want this man to be put to death, whether he was convicted or not, whether he did this or not. Okay? I'm I'm completely against the death penalty. But we're we're, we're discussing... And what actually brought forth into court, what was allowed into court, and why he was convicted. Now, you, yeah, you've given your opinion of, of why well, you believe that. And I got in on the end of this. I had just seen that a uh, conversation was, uh, or that this um, this blog talk was posted on uh, a page that supports Rodney. And so I'd seen that, and then I just recently got a text message say the show was going on, and I forgot about it. So I didn't even, like I said, hear what you had started off talking about, and I don't know who is for or against Rodney. I know that Lisa O'Brien is against Rodney, but uh, so I didn't know that. And, again, I don't really feel like this case is for or against the death penalty. I, I just believe, like Brian Stevenson does, that uh, it's not really whether you're for or against the death penalty is does the justice system work and it straight up does not work. So that, that well, those are my two. And maybe hopefully and, and Brian. I, 
And I can assure you, ma'am, I can honestly assure you that um, obviously Lisa has her opinion. I am of the opinion that I'm not actually sure I was, you know, I've recently been introduced to the case and this is, this, this is a show that we do weekly, but I mean, obviously it's different topics, but this is a, a show where we're just discussing the facts and trying to put it out there for everyone to make their, you know, opinion. This isn't a pro yeah. or anti Rodney deal. And then I just want to let you know that, you know, I mean, we're not out here yeah, to. No, I, I appreciate know. that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that. That's great. I think that's good that you guys are doing that. Rodney's case is definitely a travesty when it comes to the criminal justice system in uh, America and mainly Texas. But um, anyways, I appreciate you guys doing his case. And I hope a lot more people call in. And I look forward to listening to the rest. Of, are you on for two hours or an hour? Or? Oh, two hours, ma'am. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, and, and we appreciate you calling it. in. Oh, um, Michael, you hung up too soon. Uh, um, just a reminder, please. Uh, I understand that the nature of this case can warrant uh, a lot of heated debate. Uh, if we could refrain from using any kind of derogatory racial slurs, that would be. I, I really would appreciate that as well. Um, that would be. In case there, are, in case there's kids in the room, you know. We're, we're all Americans, or we're all human beings, honestly. Let's let's just be civil. Let's talk this out. Uh, obviously, the pro-read side is going to have their opinion. The uh, guilty side is going to have their opinion. And we're going to go to another call. Uh, Tiffany is on the line, um, and she is a pro-read supporter. Uh, this, Tiffany, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Hey, well, we hope that... We hope that you had a wonderful New Year's. We appreciate you for calling the American Idiots podcast. And uh, you obviously support uh, Reed's Innocence, so um, the floor is yours, ma'am. I do support Rodney Reed's Innocence. And and um, like the previous caller said, you know, this is a travesty that's happened in our criminal justice system in Texas and in Bastrop County you know, imagine being a poor black man in Bastrop with um, an all-white jury. You know, we, um, we see in our prisons a systemic system of a higher level of black people being incarcerated than white people and not having due process in the criminal justice system. And from the very beginning, you know, yes, Rodney lied in one interview about whether or not he knew Stacy, he was terrified. He had been brought. He had been arrested on false charges. He was brought in on drug charges that disappeared. Disappeared, guys. Nothing ever went forward with those drug charges. That was a setup to bring him in. He did lie about whether or not he knew Stacy. He was scared to death. He and Stacy had a relationship. It's well documented that they had a relationship. Stacy had a long history. She was a young woman, but she had a long history, four-year history of being sexually involved with, with men. She had a child with a black man prior to moving to um, Smithville. That's why she and her mother left Corpus Christi because she was promiscuous and she was acting out and her family didn't like it and they, they wanted 
you know, to move her out of that environment. And then they were upset, obviously, when she started getting involved with more men. Jimmy Fennell is in prison right now for an MO that is almost identical to what happened to Stacy. The belt around the neck, the rape. Mm, that the is incorrect. Rape. Even the and woman who was raped does not say that he put a belt around her neck. And she is alive today. She absolutely oh. says he took his belt off. Either way, Jimmy Finnell, there is no question off. in my mind. Lisa, I'm not going to argue with you. You are so biased against Rodney that you shouldn't even be on these shows because you're unwilling to even listen to the truth or any evidence. And you actually support a system I have, that I would have read this. every opinion and all of the uh, and so I have Reed the floor right now. You're a every guest on the show case. for two hours. You're a guest for two hours. I'm calling in. Jimmy Finnell has a long line of victims, and we will continue hearing about Jimmy Finnell. I have every reason to believe that the Rachel Cook case in Williamson County is going to indicate Jimmy Finnell is the person that is the reason that she uh, behind her disappearance. So Rodney and Stacy had a loving relationship. Rodney did not kill her. There is no, no evidence, evidence that says that. that he did. The timeline there is no evidence of, of that. her death, first of all, when Stacy was found dead, do you know that the officers never even searched her apartment? Never even searched yes, I her do, I do know apartment? That. That is I, who, I do know that the that? apartment was I'm not, not talk, searched. I'm sorry, Lisa. I'm here to talk to the host of this yes, show. So I'm a this caller. This is a discussion. So there are so many things that weren't done or were not done properly. And, yes, it stacks up. Rodney was a poor man. He had state-appointed attorneys. Guess what? State-appointed attorneys, guess who they work for? The state. The prosecutors work for this state. His original attorneys were too afraid to even spend the night in hotels in Bastrop because they're black, because of the racism there. They were, you know, coming to Austin and then driving over to Bastrop. They had so many witnesses to interview. They had so much discovery to go through. They asked for a continuance. They asked for more time, and the judge said no. So in a very short period of time, in less than two months, they had to prepare a trial for a black man with a white victim in a racist county in Texas as two black attorneys with one investigator and no support staff. They did not have the money. They did not have the time. They did not have the resources. And all of that goes against you when you're preparing for a trial. And it's just hey, a Tiffany. shame. You know, somebody on the front end, I don't know who, it, who was speaking, but somebody said that they're 50-50 on where Rodney is. And, you know, I grew up in a world believing that it is better to let a guilty man go free than to lock up an innocent man. And in Texas, we have become so pro-prosecution, so pro-conviction, 
We're overcharging um, when there are crimes. We're stacking massive charges against people, and we're throwing everything on the wall just to see what sticks, and that is wrong. That is not the intention of our justice system. When there is injustice to one person, there's injustice to all of us. It's doing no Rodney did not kill Stacy Stites. He did not do it. And hey, Tiffany. he is on death row for a crime he did not commit. And that's Tiffany, wrong. This is, yes, Tiffany, sir. this is Brad Hicks, one of the hosts of the show. And I will, to clarify, and it's nothing against you, I, I promise. It's, uh, Lisa O'Brien is actually a host, uh, one of the hosts of the show. This was just a topic that, that uh, one of the co-hosts that, we, that she brought to the table. Obviously, there's me and Sean, which are... We're on the fence about it. I need. To, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned the 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 background on Stacy Stites, and I had done some research. And I will be flat honest with you. I'm not well educated on this case. I've been studying it for the last couple of three weeks, maybe. And I haven't seen uh, in in any uh, thing. This is the first time I'd heard about her having a child. Uh, is yeah. there like? Where can I find that information? I'm just, you know, just trying to get all like. Oh, the, her I know family. That, uh, her, yeah, I can, I can email you stuff. Her family has come forward, and they have sworn out affidavits. You know, I can send you information if you will give me your email address. I will, I will share with you supporting documents. Um, anything okay, you that can, you want. Uh, yes, easily, she had uh, a baby with a black man. And her family is very, very racist, and they didn't like that. Okay, and obviously, if you if you have any information uh, pertaining to the case that you want to present to us, uh, the email is what Michael Talk Radio, Talk <clears throat> Radio, and then the number is four nine Yahoo dot com. Feel free to email anything over. Like I said, and, and Sean, if you want to take over for a minute. Obviously, you know we're still split. Sean's a, uh, uh, is not. Uh, he is a. He is totally against the death penalty. I am. Uh, I'm not really a huge death penalty uh, supporter either, based on cases um, similar to this one, where you know the preponderance of evidence, obviously, in whoever's opinion, could go either way. But I just don't see the death penalty is is with the justice system that we have. But yeah, talkradio49 at yahoo.com. Any information that you may have or any of our listeners out there want to give out, um, you know, honestly, we're more than willing to to examine it. If Lisa is a co-host, then my apologies for disrespecting your role. I feel like Lisa is so biased, opposed to Rodney, and so unwilling to listen to the truth, to view the evidence mm. with clear lenses and an open mind and that it, it's so tough. And I have seen very um, venomous posts and comments that she has made on social media against Rodney. And I just feel as a human being that that's just wrong. If you have that opinion, that's fine. Oh. But then to go and spread that kind Please of vitriol and hate is, is just awful. And so that's why I, I don't really want to make time I, for Lisa, but I will certainly send you all. There's so much evidence that I wish there was just an opportunity for um, now that Rodney has good, capable legal representation, 
you know, but the system is so difficult to get all of that evidence into a courtroom for examination. But don't we all want to live in a world where all of the evidence that's available gets to be examined and looked at thoroughly and cross-examined? This case was so stacked against him. And Jimmy Finnell did it, and he had several people in that department covering up for him. And eventually in the future, we're going to know all of the details of that. Unfortunately, we don't know everything, but we know enough to know that that is most likely, more than likely, what has happened. But no matter what the outcome of that is, Rodney Reed didn't do it. There's no forensic evidence that supports that Rodney Reed did it. It's a science uh, case, and we need to look at the science. There's no scientific evidence supporting Rodney Reed killed her. To play devil's advocate. The timeline doesn't match. But but for the the side of the prosecution, they have the DNA, and in most court cases, DNA is all that you need. Now, I do agree that there's a conspiracy. But do you know what that DNA is? You know that that sperm wasn't active. It was low count, like when you look at the count. So if there's sexual engagement, the sperm at that at the time is very active and robust, da, 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 da. The DNA they are, that they collect was dead. Right. You know that, right? Do you know they that? Do you was, know that fact? Okay, but they that are getting and so Rodney doesn't deny that he and Stacey knew each other. What's that? There's no evidence of that. Not one witness appeared at trial. Not one witness who was appeared at trial. No witnesses have provided any credible evidence of that. Not one witness was called for Rodney's original attorneys did not even call a witness. Do you know that? Do you know that they there were people called, testifying against him they, who he had never please, met? If you wanted, this is not. Do you know that there discussion. are people who testified against him who he never met, and his team did not call. His original team did what? not call witnesses. I was at the hearing in October, and I'm sitting there watching a Texas Ranger not be able to explain where his missing notes were. Do you know how egregious that is? Do you know that those missing notes could be the missing link for why an innocent well, man is on death let me, row? Let that, me ask you this question real quick, please. At the hearing in October, why didn't any of these relationship witnesses testify? That because the focus of the hearing was so linear in scope. You can't introduce anything well, that they brought that in they're Michael not asking Biden, about. They I'm brought sorry, in Michael what? Biden. They brought I'm in sorry, Michael I Biden, and that you. part of the writ was not. They brought in Michael Biden, and that timeline part of the writ Rodney, was and he not. Supports Rodney, and he said that the timeline was wrong. So if they brought the in the medical timeline, examiner, said it was wrong. Well, and the, and, and, and the medical examiner was basing his notes on what the police had told him and who was the police in cahoots with, Jimmy Fennell. So There's you know, no evidence of that, try, again. Lisa, you are so dishonest. I, don't even know, I can't even believe you have a job being dishonest. 
You are so dishonest. I can't even believe airtime. You are not being truthful, Lisa. You are not being truthful. This is what I'm hey, talking about. Well, hold on a second. It's not Sean, that, Sean, that, that, Sean. Oh, Sean, yeah. one second. Because, I just, the, Tiffany is on hold for just a second. I have not hung up on her. But the one thing I would like to say is, is that, um, in, in all honesty, and it's not taking either side, it's not because Lisa's the co-host, but I have noticed that uh, Lisa has has given the opportunity to for, for Tiffany to speak, and it's it's becoming a constant talk over. So, I mean, honestly, um, you know, I mean, Sean, you your thoughts on that? Because, honestly, I'm trying to keep a little bit of control of the show. I don't want to have people talking over each other. Um, yeah, you know, it, a discussion is one thing, uh, but this this is, you know, I mean, if, if we need a little bit of respect on, on, you know. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I told, I mean, I'm listening to this and, 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 you know, we need to respect Lisa's point of view because she's looking at the evidence that was supported in, in, in the court case. And she's looking at it from that point of view, whether we agree or not, we still have to respect that. You know, there shouldn't be any name calling or anything like this. There shouldn't be any type of conspiracy theory thrown at Lisa. She's just, telling it how it was done in court. Um, that doesn't make Lisa biased against anything. She's, she's providing the evidence. So, you know, well, I meant earlier. Know, let, me, the, let me say, since Tiffany wouldn't allow me to say, I am not biased against Rodney Reed. And her belief that my posts are uh, ugly and mean or whatever, I don't know where she gets that because I'm a very factual, logical, reasonable person. And, and we learned um, that from you with going over the uh, West Memphis Three case. You know, that's that's right. one of the main reasons we wanted you to be a part of this so, team. Is um, my belief that there was no relationship with Stacy is not based on Reed's race or her race. I could care less. My belief that there was no relationship is based on the fact that not one witness who could be believed has ever provided evidence of this relationship. Reed denying it initially, and it was actually at trial that the secret relationship was brought in. And he did offer two witnesses who were not strong witnesses. His mother has never testified. Brother has never testified. And None actually, of the, the um, family, family members that did were not credible. I mean, they weren't believable. Okay, but see, here, here's the problem in that, and, and this is where I can side with the other side. How do you determine whether someone is credible or not as far as being an eyewitness to something that may or may not have happened? I mean, are you looking at their criminal past? Are you looking at, you know, their type of character or anything like that? I mean, oh, eyewitness testimony is bullshit most of the time anyway. So, well, what, you know, what I'm talking about, though, Sean, is, uh, for example, let me go with one of Reed's cousins said, uh, yeah, Reed was dating Stacy. She used to pick us up. We'd drive around smoking crack. And then she would drop me off and they would go do whatever they want to do. And he appeared in State versus Reed. Yeah. Now, they did a test on Stacy's hair. Yes, a toxology. And, and found... For the last 32 months of her life, she did not use drugs. Her pre-employment test with HEB was also clean, 
no drugs. That is why I don't believe Reed's cousin. Well, okay, and I and I get that, but now, if I on so with one other little thing, real quick. Yes. Reed says she would meet with him and they would have sex before she went to work. He claims they met the Monday night, early Monday morning, late Sunday night before she went to work, and they had sex. And that's when his firm got there. Her okay. shift started at 3.30. She lived 30 to 45 minutes from get, from Bastrop. She left her house between 2.50 and 3 a.m. When did she have time to meet up with Reed and have sex? She was well, always I mean, on time. She was never late for work. Yes. And that's so his story versus what, what you know. Meeting up with somebody before work just doesn't fit. When you want to talk about timelines, it doesn't well, fit. Either, honestly, if you look at their timeline, it really doesn't fit with, you know, going against Reed. But here, here's my point. If, if I'm going to be convicted and, I, I, in fact, if I'm just going to be prosecuted and I'm going to be sitting in a court – I want the ability to have anybody that's going to come up and testify in my case. No one should be able to determine whether that is, you know, credible or not. Everyone should have the opportunity to have people come in and speak for them. If they're lying, Sean, or not, that's... Sean can I, if I, I can, if so. I can interrupt for just a second. Yeah. Um, this just came in from the Facebook page, Rodney Reed, innocent on Texas death row. Now, I just said Rodney Reed, innocent on Texas death row. This just came in. Stacy's baby's daddy was not black. His name was Gregory Corner. Corner. So, and that's from a what appears to be a pro Reed page. And that post did not come from an individual. It actually came from the legitimate. Do what now? That is correct. I I couldn't get a word in to tell Tiffany that that was all. And that's an example of what what happens a lot of times with any narrative, whether it's guilt or innocent. Yes. And, and then, and if Lisa, I, like I understand, distorted. you know, you, and, and, you know, that's the thing that I respect about you, Lisa. Obviously, we learned a lot in the West Memphis Three, such a polarizing case as seems to be this one. Um, you know, you are, and, and like Sean pointed out, you are basing everything on what was admitted into court. I do not think that I've heard you say anything that happens to be a conspiracy and or hearsay. It's everything that was presented in court. And I honestly know, like Sean agrees, sometimes the justice system can be flawed. But I want yes. our listeners to, you know, understand and respect that fact as well, that that we uh, are not sitting here pushing a narrative either way. We just want, like me and Sean, probably um, are, are 50-50. Sean, I mean, would you agree? No, I, w- I would agree, because, and, and that's why I mentioned before the beer can is a part of a conspiracy theory. You know, I want to make that very clear that I'm not convinced that that makes him innocent. There is a conspiracy theory that says that Reed is innocent. There's nothing to be proved about that. When, when this lady called earlier and she said, well, they had a loving relationship, nobody knows that. That's not a fact. People can say things right. all day long. I just wish that they would have had the opportunity to throw that into the court case. That's all I'm right. saying. Anybody that is being convicted well, or prosecuted should have whatever they need at Bozal to be able to plead their case. Right. Now, Sean, there is something, um, as far as witnesses, sometimes 
I mean, I've, I've seen this in civil cases. Your witness is telling the truth, but there's something about their mannerisms or their attitude toward the proceedings that they're just going to do you more harm than good if you put them on the stand. But still, that should be up to a so jury to decide. So if you can avoid having them testify now, um, I, I think that what happened with Reed's attorneys is they had to pick the two witnesses that were the most believable when it came to the relationship aspect. Well, that's understandable. I mean, people do know that, that defending attorneys – especially if it's, you know, uh, uh, the public defender, they don't get a lot of time to prepare for these cases. They do have a large workload, and they're doing the best that they can. The justice system is really flawed, but these people do try to do the best that they can. And unfortunately, it's not always, the, you know, the best for their client. Now, again, you know, this lady was throwing out all these accusations of, you know, he's innocent for this reason, he's innocent for this reason, but there was no evidence to support her arguments at all. And I just want right. to say, calling in with that opinion, provide evidence. Don't just you know throw out your opinions, or at least be honest about it and say this is my opinion. Exactly, and you know, and I give, like I said, Sean, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt as far as if you want to send any information that you feel for us to review, uh, we are open to having another discussion on the air uh, in the future. Uh, with this, uh, in regards to this case, uh, you can email that over to talkradio49 at yahoo.com, and we will, we will appropriate that to each party involved. And uh, like I said, you know, it was nothing, never anything against Miss Tiffany. We appreciate her opinion as well. Um, Want to get that out there, you know? And the and but the the thing I will not, uh, and I will not stand for is that. I do have a level of respect for Miss O'Brien as a co-host, and she is a part of this show and will be given the floor to speak and not be speaked over with. But I believe we've got a guest coming on. Michael's working that as well. So, you know, and I'm, I mean, Lisa's, a, you know, she's a, a big girl and, and can handle it. Now we have, okay, here it is, the guest uh, coming on the, uh, the guest that's coming on the show right now is uh, Ryan. Uh, I'm 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 gonna even give him the respect of not even butchering his last name because I'm I'm not, not that, that talented. Uh, um, but he is the the filmmaker for the was it State versus Reed? Yes, uh, Ryan Polomsky. Polomsky. Well, sir, I hope you had a great New Year. Um, I I really did appreciate watching your documentary, and so. I want to welcome you to the American Idiots Podcast, sure. sir. Thanks, thanks for watching the documentary, and thanks for, for doing this show and, and uh, putting a spotlight on the case. I appreciate it. So let me ask you something. You, you, you made this documentary. What inspired you to do this documentary? Well, originally it was a, it was a story by a journalist named Jordan Smith who wrote for the Austin Chronicle who wrote a story called, um, it was called Who Killed Stacey Stites? And she did an amazing, amazing investigative journalistic job in really breaking breaking the case. I thought, and I thought that it needed a uh, a wider a wider audience, if possible, through a film. And I had the opportunity as a MFA student at University of Texas, and I thought, what 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 better um, you know, what better 
topic than than this to spend my thesis film on. Um, beyond that, I thought that it was in a very important story and case about justice, uh, racial justice, economic justice, and and official corruption in the state of Texas. Uh, are you still there? Yes, yeah. yes, we're still there. We're just listening to what you say. Oh, okay, yeah. just a second. Uh, it, it, it seemed to me that it, it went out to a lot of different um, areas that, that touched home to me. And Rodney's story, I thought, could could impact more than just his case if it were to get a, a, wide, a wide audience. So that, that's what brought me to the case. That's what initiated it. And now it's been almost ten ten years, more than ten, ten years that we've been working on the case. Yes. Yeah, I would definitely say it's an excellent film, and, and I, I'm glad that you made it because it brings this type of discussion out into the public. Uh, society as a whole can, can you know form their own opinion based on your film, based on looking at the the case history and everything else that they want to do. And uh, I, I appreciate <laughs> came on the show. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. What can I do for you guys? Because we're talking about the case, huh? Well, we've had so, a few so callers. Ryan, oh, go ahead, Brad. I, I, wanna, I was just going to ask Ryan. So, you know, let me, I, and, and this is, you know, just purely from, from my, not from my perspective, but it's been quoted in several places talking about it. What would be your response to anyone that claims that you have a major bias towards Rodney Reed in that film? Well, I, you know, I, my main objective, you know, really was to play that one down the middle. It, it really was. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, a testament to that, that you two could watch the film and to come away with the fact that, you know, you appreciate it, that I wasn't, uh, you know, it, you know, and, and I also have to say it wasn't just me. There was other people that worked on this film. Uh, so when I say my film, it just wasn't my film. There was other people that worked on it. Uh, but you know, it. You know, if you look at it, it the people there's there's the the narration, the, the 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 text is is not opinionated. It's straight down the middle, and everybody that tells a story is people that are involved. Uh, you know, we requested interviews with Lisa Tanner. We requested interviews with Rocky Wardlow. We requested interviews with Jimmy Fennell. You know, these all, all these people give us interviews. So if if there is a if there's a sense of bias in the film, you know, I think there's a sense that people that didn't want to tell the truth didn't, were the ones that were creating that bias. Rodney had no problem talking about the film, talking on the film. There was there was no hesitation. There was no hesitation amongst the witnesses. There was no hesitation amongst the you know the people that that were advocating for Rodney's innocence. The only hesitation was the people that were advocating towards Rodney's guilt. So, you know, I think it's a product of situation. Well, Ryan, you know, I, I this isn't the first case that I've dealt with. I've also dealt with West Memphis 3, 
And I think part of that is that while there are uh, appeals or post-conviction claims pending, mm-hmm. state witnesses have their hands tied. Okay. Because something that they say in a uh, documentary or even a thesis project, if it gets out there, then it can cause well, that's issue. And look at what happened with Curtis Davis. Look at what happened with Curtis Davis. Okay, what, yeah. what did happen with Curtis Davis? Let's talk about it. Well, yeah, he what gave Cur- a what, occurred, what did Curtis Davis say? And, uh, he so, basically all, said that Rodney Reed Curtis is the Davis person. Is. Pardon? Let's tell the audience you who see? Curtis Davis is. He was a friend of Jimmy Finnell. What, what did he do? He was a deputy at Bastrop County. Okay. So then what happened to him? What did he say? He gave an interview to Death Row Stories and said something about a statement from Fennell about drinking a beer or drinking beer. Night it wasn't a statement. Was it was what Fennell told him. It was what Fennell told him. That was his recollection of what Fennell told him. That was but his recollection also, of what Fennell told him, yes. He he had that he was he out no that, that, that Finnell, what what did what did what did Finnell tell Ryan. him again? Ryan? Yes. He had no recollection of Finnell telling him a time he got home. He had no first hand knowledge that what Finnell told him happened. no, what what did what did what did Jimmy Finnell tell Curtis Davis? I've Curtis already said what Jimmy Finnell told, and I'm sure you're he, well he aware he, of what Jimmy Finnell He said that Jimmy Finnell was out drinking that night. Is that true? That was his recollection, that Jimmy Finnell told him he was out drinking that night. Was there anywhere that, in, the, in the court testimony, in any of the testimony, that Jimmy Finnell said he was out drinking, or anybody said that Jimmy Finnell was out drinking the night that Jimmy Stacey Stice died? No, but there was also testimony from Carol Stipe, Stacy's mother, no, who saw Fennell come home. Excuse me, she saw Fennell come home at eight o'clock and go upstairs with Stacy. Who who was Jimmy Fennell drinking with tonight? So far, we there's no one that he was drinking with. Well, he told Curtis that Davis he was out Davis drinking was, that night. Yeah, so but he, who was he, drinking he with? didn't, again, we don't know who he was out drinking with. We don't know that he was you out drinking. Carol You think that would be an important fact to the jury to, to hear that this again, fiance I, was out drinking the night before that her fiance, that her fiance, that there, fiance again, was, was murdered? Ryan, Ryan. Is that, is that an important fact? Ryan, Carol Stites' testimony at the trial suggests that Jimmy Fennell was not out drinking. This is why police officers, prosecutors don't give interviews while cases are pending. Because something they say can be turned into something that it's not. And that's what I happened think with Curtis Davis. a really important fact here that, you know, I think everyone needs to really pay attention to. You know, 
not all the facts was brought was brought forward in this case, and Rodney clearly was not given a fair trial. His his best friend and his police partner Curtis Davis accompanied him the morning after the crime, was never interviewed by investigators. If he were to be a, if he were to have been interviewed, he would have told them that Jimmy had been out drinking the night before. And that's that's a crucial, crucial point. Well that depends and I, that, I believe that, at the hearing there was some uh some reports in which Curtis Davis did talk to investigators. My position has always been, and if you've read any of my posts, you'll know, Davis's statement to Death Row Stories is his recollection of a conversation he had with Jimmy Finnell 16 years, 17 years, 18 years before. It's a pretty important conversation. He may have been mistaken in that recollection. And he may have been, but on the other on the other hand, it was probably one of the biggest was. nights of his life. So I think he would have recalled that. Well I think we can all agree. Curtis Davis? Oh, well I, I was gonna say I think we can all agree that the prosecution and the uh the police force that was there in the in the local town, uh, the marshals that were involved they did a pretty piss poor job in this investigation and left all these holes open uh, for these conspiracy theories and, and alternating theories to be, you know, put out there. And, you know, that, that's, that's a part of the travesty of justice too. When, when we're talking about the Reed case, if the police had done a better job, if they had done everything that they could, we would know a hundred percent for sure, whether or not Mr. Reed actually committed this crime or not. Uh, or, you know, the other suspects that they have out there. Um, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. I was talking to Lisa about this earlier when we, were, when we were texting about this, that it's not just an open and shut case. You know, that, that DNA evidence is damning. His, his you know, uh, denial of knowing her is damning, but that's all they had when you look at it all together. It was just those two pieces of evidence that they used against him that was enough to sway this uh, – you know, jury against him. And, you know, we do need to bring out all the evidence, you know, actual evidence that we can actually show, you know, uh, in a, in a, in a appeal, if that's, if that's possible. Well, why do you, why do you think that the, that the investigation was, you know, piss poor, as you say, what, what do you think, well, what do you think contributed to that? Personally, I look at it, you know, I mean, they've even reported it on their own, you know, the, the, the contamination at the actual crime scene, uh, not changing of the gloves, the, the, the lost rate kits that they used to convict uh, actual uh, Mr. Reed, um, the chain of custody that was broken. There, there's a lot of police procedures that weren't followed the way that they were supposed to have been done. And, you know, that, that, that's the part that puts me on the fence right there. You know, we, we know that there are police departments out there that have corruption. Uh, the, the chief was fired for theft. Uh, one of the other deputies was fired for multiple DUIs. Hell, the, Fennell himself has been, you know, recently in the last 10 years convicted of rape. We don't know what the guy well, did before that. So, you know, there's a whole lot of things that, that put questions in people's minds that make them think that, you know, Reed was falsely convicted. But again, we don't know 100%, and that's why we do the show. 
Yeah, yeah. It certainly does seem like to be a a lot a lot of a lot of evidence pointing in the direction of a corrupt police force. And, and I wouldn't, I you know, that's what people should acknowledge too is that there was a lot of things going on wrong at the police station there in the local town, um, and, and that their well, investigation was very poorly. Actually, people, Sean, that. I'm going to yes. interrupt you for just a second because this investigation was done by Texas Rangers. Bastrop County Sheriff and Bastrop City Police Detectives. They work together. And you would think they would have done a job with that many, you know, with that much resources that they had. Well, I, and do I mean, talk about change gloves and how it, they. I mean, they lost evidence. I mean, that's not professional. What evidence did they lose? Uh, the rape kits. They actually admit what rape that. Kit? No. What the rape, rape kits kit? from what? What uh, from, oh, there was one for Miss VW. That's that's one that was mentioned. The the other one was a twelve year old victim. They lost both of those rape kits after the conviction, and well, they can't. No, re- what the 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 evidence itself? State versus Reed talks about reports. Well, I'm talking about something outside. You know that that they they did lose these rape kits. They lost some of the notes that they took. But that no, they, they were... I'm Sean. Again, yeah. State versus Reed re- re- refers to lost reports, not lost yeah. evidence. But I was just bringing up some of the other evidence that 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 it's they lost. Well, I, but we don't know that they're lost. That's somebody's allegation. The police actually that admitted that they police... lost those. Who, who admitted that they lost those? The marshal's office. The the Texas State Marshals no, admitted that they lost there those. Was no, there was no Texas, Texas State Marshal. It's Texas Rangers. Okay, Not well, whatever Texas, you want to. There was no marshal. We have a marshal for you guys. Lisa, what's your connection to this case? How, 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 do you, how did you find yourself to know so much about this I, case? I started researching it. Uh, around, I want to say December of 2014, read every one of the appeal opinions, the the post-conviction writ, the federal writ. I'm a paralegal at a civil law firm in New Orleans. I've been a paralegal since 1990, uh, 1994. I have a paralegal certificate from... Why, 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 why are you so interested? In I mean, the man's already on death row. I mean, if you, if you feel like he's justice has been served well, and justice has been served, why, 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 do you, why have you gone out of your yeah. way, not only on this in this show, but in you know on multiple social media platforms to to advocate against because Rodney's cases? I, I am not advocating against Rodney Reed. I am advocating for the victims, for Stacy, and more information is out there for people to make an informed decision. And where something is a free allegation that's not proven and never presented in a court and not supported by evidence, I'm going to call it as I see it. But why this case? I mean, there's lots of cases out there. Like I said, I'm, I'm interested in multiple criminal cases. I've always been interested in criminal cases. 
uh, that's, you know, and the Internet is a great place because you can find almost anything about almost anybody. Would anything, I mean, would there be anything that could possibly change your mind about this case? I mean, are you pretty much dead set that Rodney's guilty? Uh, You know, based on the DNA and the the lack of credible evidence of any relationship between them and Mm -hmm. the fact that he once denied knowing a rape victim and when he was linked by physical evidence to that crime, he claimed a consensual relationship and was then acquitted, I find that kind of suspect. Uh, I also object to the way Stacy is being portrayed. Uh, Reed says she used to get marijuana to trade for crack cocaine. She, one of the callers talked about her. She was she was running around. She was sleeping with multiple men. She had a baby. She's you know she's she was promiscuous. I object to that. That's impugning the victim's character. That is totally, you know, out of bounds as far as I'm concerned. And to be fair, Lisa does look at the legalities of the cases. She looks at the evidence that's been presented, and she is for the victim's rights in most of the cases that we've dealt with on this show, uh, West Memphis 3 and this one in particular. Uh, we're going to be looking, you know, in the future at Liddell Lee. That was uh, He was actually executed here in Arkansas. So, uh, you know, she, she does the, the, the legal side of our show, and, you know, Brad and I are more of the opinion piece. We just kind of, you know, yeah. throw out there what we can as far as what we understand because we don't have a degree in law or anything like that. We're just trying to look at it as laymen trying to understand these cases as best that we can. Well, look, I mean, I think that's one place that we can all agree, you know, is, is Stacy's uh, legacy and her story. And justice and justice for Stacy. I think that's something that, that everybody that's called on the show, and I don't want to take up too much more time, but that that we can all agree that that we care about deeply. Uh, we care about Rodney's Rodney and his family. And we care about Stacy and her, you know, and her reputation and her and her sense of uh, you know what what her life was worth. Which which was a lot, and it, and they came to an unseemly and and a unfortunate end, uh, and we're all working towards finding justice towards that. Um, it's, it's nothing. And to I, be, you know, I just want to say, I just want to say real real quick, I have read every article, and you know, the majority of the articles are very pro read. And I have looked at both sides. But, again, I have not found anything on the, quote, innocence side that has really stood up against the, the evidence of his guilt oh. that would make me change my opinion. And it's not a bias against Reed. It's simply that... Wait, you, you, yeah. Everything that I've looked at, the, the medical well, evidence, lot, the time of the time of death, the the um the, the, the forensic evidence Ryan, in the truck. I mean, all all points um, towards wait that it Ryan, wasn't first a of all, 
morning. The timeline, the, the, the testimony from Michael Bodden, that's his opinion. That's not, quote, one, evidence. One of, the, one of the best medical examiners in the country versus, you well, know, I'm a sure guy named Mike. The guy, that did the, the guy that did the autopsy, do you know his name? The guy that did the autopsy Ryan. in Austin? What was, what was his name? Robert Bayardo, Roberto Bayardo. Roberto Bayardo. He, he retracted Ever his, since he retired, his, his he's autopsy. been a convicted person's best friend because he has been recanting his opinions and clarifying his yes, opinions in multiple yes, cases. Yes, because he was being... He was being Ryan, I'm sure that there are people incarcerated in New York State who do not think Michael Bodden is a competent medical examiner. Well, how come the state? How come, how come the, the prosecution didn't bring up their own uh, medical expert during the during the hearing? How come they didn't have somebody because the, to? Because the writ uh, was limited to Curtis Davis. No, no, they could have brought up their the, own expert. They they, they they chose not to. Well, that, they, they, did not they, bring, they did not bring up a rebuttal medical expert witness during that hearing. They, they certainly could they have. They didn't need to bring up a rebuttal expert witness. The burden was not on the state, Ryan. It was on Rodney Reed. I think cross-examination was sufficient to rebut. They didn't even bring. They didn't even submit a a expert. Uh, again, testimony, a written, Ryan, test, written again, rebuttal. Ryan, Ryan, they did not need to. That was not necessary. They didn't need to, but they certainly could have, considering the evidence that they. Yeah, they very forward. well, they very well could have, but they chose not to. And chose there's nothing to. wrong. You know, and that's what I was saying earlier when, you know, the, the, the defending attorneys should have had more opportunity to bring out everything that they could to defend Mr. Reed, and they weren't given that opportunity. And Sorry. Yeah, that's, it's limited. I think that you know, the miscarriage of justice is because they were given limited time. They were given limited, you know, ability to defend their client. So, well, Sean, go ahead. Let's, let's go into that timeline as a little – Fuzzy. Reed was initially represented by an attorney named Jimmy Brown from his arrest or shortly after his arrest. That attorney was hired and paid for by his family. In October of 97, Brown withdrew because the family could no longer pay him. Calvin Barbie and Howard Jenkins were appointed. Yeah, how would you know that, you know that Lisa? You're not, not going to know what? that by, by, re, by reading... Uh... By reading court writs, how did you know that information? It's actually included in the federal uh, magistrate Austin's report. It is included. It's a timeline. It's a narrative of the dates and and his representation, and it's included in magistrate Austin's writ. Okay, they couldn't afford to pay Jimmy Brown. They, the family could no longer afford to pay Jimmy Brown. Uh, I don't know how Texas works. I don't know if a retained attorney can then be appointed and be paid by the state. Uh, but Mr. Brown did not request to be appointed and paid by the state. So he stopped representing Mr. Reed. Calvin Garvey and Howard Jenkins were appointed. 
and that was October of 97. The trial date was moved to March of 98. And then in January, Mr. Jenkins had to withdraw, and Lydia Clay Jackson was appointed. That's right. And when she was appointed, uh, I think it was in February, they requested a, a continuance, and the judge denied it. That's right. And then the jury selection started uh, in March. But there was there's a weird kind of gap. I think you run the Full Truth site, correct? The Internet page with the transcripts. I'm not sure about that. It's kind of a group okay. effort, I think. Okay. Um, but the, tra- the trial transcripts are there as well. And so I think testimony in the trial didn't start until, like, May 4th. So after the jury selection concluded, they had a period of a couple of weeks. Hey, hey Lisa? Before, tra- before trial actually started. I have a, so I have a question. That, Maybe... Yeah. I just have a a question, and and Ryan may be able to answer this as well. Uh, Sean, you may be able to answer it, or maybe even Lisa. I want to know something. Um, Now, you mentioned that that, that website that has all the transcripts and the pictures and and whatnot from the case. I obviously haven't been around a whole lot of murder cases as far as I've never even been in law enforcement or any kind of investigative field. But I was just wondering, is it um, is it protocol to 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 basically do the examination in the field, like with the body? I mean, I noticed they had taken pictures of the genitalia and things of that nature. I'm just wondering, was that protocol or was well, that something that they did? Okay, uh, the it's going to vary from agency to agency, state to state, city to city, county to county. It's not a hard and fast rule. Uh, The Texas DPS lab, they did choose to do an examination at the crime scene, and they photographed it, and some sampling was done at the crime scene. Um, I, uh, I know the allegations about gloves and everything, were made, but I've never seen that crime scene video. So I can't really address the, I would rather see the crime scene video myself to see what they're talking about. That's fair. Um, I mean, I was just wondering, I mean, because from, from my perspective and then just give the listeners and even you Lisa the opportunity to see, you know, from a, I guess a fence rider, as I would call myself, um, you know, to me, I would honestly feel way more comfortable with uh, evidence had it been had they bagged. I mean, I hate. I mean, and this, I don't want to sound insensitive, but had they bagged the body and took it to a facility and done the whole chain of custody, whatever they had to do, and then proceeded to do the examination, I honest because honestly, I mean, there's so much, uh, you know. The wind and other factors that could blow things around and whatever contamination. I just, to me, 
that's my opinion is it's hard for me to accept some forms of evidence in that matter when you conduct a basically full on, uh, well, not full on, I guess, whatever you want to call it, examination at the scene of the crime. And that's just my opinion. Well, I, you know, I don't know about that because uh, I have seen cases and read about criticism of cases where a crime scene technician didn't do an examination at the site and waited until the body was at the morgue. I, sometimes it seems as though whatever you don't do is going to be criticized and what you do is going to be criticized that you should have done it differently. Well, I, I mean, and I get that. I, I mean, it, you're, so, it's, you know, you're, I mean, messy. I don't, Ryan, I want to ask you, yeah. I, I just wanted to ask Ryan uh, before we, before he goes off, I'll, before you do go, I would also like to say that in the future, should you do any other documentaries or any other projects uh, you are more than welcome to use our, uh, you know, uh, to to do whatever you need to do as far as promoting or coming on the show and doing any kind of special. Just please reach out to us. We would be more than welcome to to have you back as a guest or whatnot. Um, but I wanted to ask you in your documentary about the uh, in your documentary, what's your opinion on the the, the truck situation? I know that's been a a, a hot topic at times about how it was signed away uh, soon and, and all that. The truck, well, the truck is, is the key, you know, one of the key pieces of evidence that uh, was returned to Jimmy Fennell, I think the day or two after the the murder, who then he sold, you know, to a, to a uh, car dealership in, in Giddings and never to be seen of again. Um, but we do know what we do know about the truck is that there was um, viscous biological material on the floorboard that was found and documented. And it was fluid, docu- fluid uh, biological material. Uh, it was wet, and there was also uh, a portion of it that was dry. That is what led uh, Dr. Biden and other investigators that have looked at this case to realize that uh, the, the murder did not happen the way that the prosecutors had intended, had said that it did. Uh, they, they said that, you know, Stacy was killed, quickly transported, removed from the truck, and the truck was moved back to the high school and abandoned. What what the biological material tells us is that she was in that truck for an extended period of time, uh, which allowed there to be dried and wet, viscous biological material on the floorboard. Uh, unfortunately for the state and for the prosecutors, that totally undermines their entire theory of, of what happened. Um, she she was kept in that truck um, for for multiple hours over the course of that night, and uh, when she was removed, uh, it left behind a an, an inescapable 
uh, trail of, of her timeline. Um, that really is, is the, the thing that uh, I think that you cannot walk away from if you look at this case objectively. Um, there's no way this, this crime was committed the way the prosecution said. It wasn't a, a crime of a spontaneous attack. This was something that was planned. This was something where the body was was kept and hidden and disposed of uh, in a very strategic way. So if anybody wants to go back and and look at this case, go ahead and look at look at that that biological material in the truck, and you'll you'll find out that Rodney Reed was innocent. Well. Ryan, let me ask you something. Um, on when Stacy's body was found, she was wearing her work pants. Uh, her shirt was near her body. Her work shirt was in the truck. Her back brace was in the truck. She had on her knee brace and her tennis shoes. If she was killed at or before midnight, as Dr. Baden believes, how is she getting her work clothes? She wasn't wearing her work clothes at midnight. She was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. How, how do we explain that? That's what fits somebody the timeline of her Somebody could have put her back in. Somebody could have put her back in those clothes without leaving any DNA, because the DNA on those pants came from Rodney Reed, not Jimmy Snell. What pants are we talking about? In July 2014, additional DNA evidence was tested. One of the test spots was from the pants, and it was determined to be Rodney Reed's DNA. What DNA? You're talking about about spermatozoa? Uh, It was a stain on the pants. It may be... It may have been spermatozoa on the case. I think I think what Julie brought, Julie, what, what the first caller brought up was, first of all, that that some of these police officers had Rodney's DNA from the very get-go before this crime happened. So none of this can be believed. Second of all, I mean, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even, think I'm pretty sure that what you're talking about was is, is spermatozoa, which wasn't on the pants, but it was on the, it was on the, it was on the underwear, and no. To get back to your original, to get to get back to your original question, anybody could have put her back in those clothes once she's passed away. Is that correct? So well, that, that, I mean, that like I said, it, she had one shoe on, one shoe was in the truck, one earring yes. found in the truck. This is how, all could have been done by fit? the person that. This all could have been done by the person well, that, that that committed the crime. Or that's evidence. The body was the body was the body was heavy heavily manipulated, so it could have she could have been redressed and and, and staged however she wanted to be, however they wanted to be. So what what other what other questions do you have, Lisa? That was Hi hi, Ron. Yes. I just another thing that your documentary brought up and 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 I'm hoping we've got about twenty, thirty minutes left. I wanna get the opinion from you as well um because i remember watching the documentary i i it's been a few days since i watched it but um the burn marks that you alluded to that were that appeared on 
Stacy's body. Um, what what were you when when showing that evidence? Uh, what were you going for in that case? In in, in that instance, showing that. I'm not going for anything. What what do you think it implies? To be honest with you, I she, she, had, looked, she, had, she had third degree burns, second degree burns, um, in the core of her body. Uh, her the skin on her breasts were were falling off. Uh, she had multiple burns throughout her body. What what do you think that might imply? I mean, honestly, what I take from it, and I and that's and I, I, no disrespect meant by that questioning. I just I wasn't sure if I mean because I don't know where they came from. It could have been anger, uh, and obviously, you know, the well, narrative that you could follow if you believe in, in maybe the if you're a pro read person, the the narrative you follow is that here we are in in 1996 in Texas, and Jimmy Finnell, um obviously we find out later may have had a history of violence back then. We don't know because it was never brought forward. But no, if he finds out that his wife violence. is okay, he I mean, have, here he's he guy. He finds out his okay. He finds out his wife or his fiance has been having an affair, uh, and it's not your typical affair back then. I'm sure if you have a mentality that's you know whatever, it's been a black gentleman, and you know I can see where you can draw lines to Jimmy Finnell with rage and and the uh, obviously wanting to. Because didn't wasn't he quoted as or, or excuse me wasn't it said let me get that out there that he um, said if I catch you doing that or whatever I'll kill you. If you say so, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean there was just so much I kind of watched and, and, and heard. He's, you know, he's I'm, in jail now for 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 raping somebody. It's it's, it's not somebody that. Um, you know, it's it's pretty clear that what his personality is like. Right. Uh, well, you're absolutely right, Ryan. I mean, trust, believe me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get the, you know, uh, the questions in my mind. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I understand, and and I do draw back to the fact that obviously it wasn't like he woke up in 2000 and whatever and goes, you know what? I think I just want to do that right now. Obviously, to me, in my opinion, someone with that type of behavior. Has it's got to be somewhere in there? It doesn't. I don't see where it surfaces all of a sudden, especially in a case with these type of situations. But Ryan, I'm not trying to cut you short, but we have a guest that's coming on, no, uh, and I'd like to, to get to her if you do not mind. Sure. Uh, thank you. Hey, thanks for ahead. having me. Hey, Ryan, I appreciate uh, it too, man. And and I was gonna say, anytime, yeah, you, right. anytime you want to come on, man. Um, I. I, I will have to. I do have to. to I do have to say. I I do want to say one thing before you before I go, if you don't mind. No, um, go ahead, sir. You know, you know, one of the things that Lisa has brought up in social media is that you know why why, uh, you know, what about Rodney Reed's, uh, what about the punishment phase of Rodney Reed, where there were women that were brought up that were, uh, saying that they were victims of sexual assault of Rodney Reed. And and I, I think that's an important important point uh, that that I I'm afraid that we're not going to have an opportunity to rebut with this show. So I want to take the opportunity to do it now. Um, you know, Rodney Reed has never been never been convicted of any sexual assaults besides Stacey Stites. Uh, 
besides the murder of Stacy Stites. So all these other uh, all these other uh, allegations are simply allegations, and um, they, they, he's never been had the opportunity to you know uh, to to um, you know to represent himself to defend himself uh, in a court of law. And I think it's important in this specific case, because he was charged and convicted fraudulently, that we understand that he is not convicted and associated with guilt from other crimes that he did not have the opportunity to defend himself. Um, Absolutely. I think that's only fair. and yes, I also would like to thank you guys for the opportunity to, you know, talk about this case. And I want I encourage all listeners to, you know, continue to read and, and listen and uh, investigate themselves their, you know, these stories. But thank you so much. Not thank a problem, you for Ryan, coming you have a, I was going to say, you have, a great, you have a great evening. Thank you for your time. And, again, I, I, on behalf of myself and Sean and Lisa and, and even our producer, Michael, if there's anything that you would like to, to put out there at any point in time, feel free to give us a call. And, and honestly, with the magnitude of what we've received tonight with this case, uh, we will definitely be looking at putting on uh, another show at some point in the future about this. And, and, and obviously the first run, we'll try to structure it just a little bit better to where we present both sides. But, again, thank you, sir. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's, and thank you for, for taking the time to come on, sir. All righty. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. And that, and that was Ryan made the documentary, The State vs. Reed. If you have a, an opportunity, it is on YouTube. You can go check it out. It's a wonderful uh, piece that was done, whether you believe it or, or, or in it or you believe the other side of, or you know, he does do a, I, I would say, Sean, that, I mean, you can take it however you want to. Um, as, but having watched goes. that, I honestly, I didn't take it as, bam, he's guilty, or, or bam, he's not, it just left me wondering a little bit more questions, which I think that's the intensive purpose of a documentary, is to make you want to learn more other than what he can present, because with this type of case, there's only so much a documentary can really show, in my opinion. No, I agree, absolutely. Uh, what what he presented was a, a very strong film. Um, some people say it's biased. Um, I would say it does lean more towards his innocence, and uh, I enjoyed it. It gave me more perspective in, you know, preparing for this show. And I, I thank right. him for being on the show because it was, it was, it was awesome. Absolutely. Well, Sean, we're going to get to our next guest, and want to let everyone know that uh, the show does go off of the air at ten o'clock. However, if we do run a little bit late, you can go to our on the link. Uh, it will post as a podcast, so this entire show will be able to be re-listened to at your leisure uh, and your convenience. But right now, our guest is uh, Miss Vivian, and um, I'm not even going to uh, even. I'm going to let Miss Vivian tell her story, and Sean or Lisa, from you want to take it from there. So, Miss Vivian, you have the floor, and thank you for coming on the American Idiots podcast. Well, thank you. I'm not even sure where to start with this. Um, All I can say is I was one of Rodney Reed's victims, and um, and I have to address this right away. 
um, he was not prosecuted in my case because it was before Stacy Stakes, and he murdered Stacy before they prosecuted him on my case. They let mine drop. It was the smaller case and prosecuted him on the bigger case. And I'm, and I, I'm so sorry to hear that, as, as Miss Vivian. I really am. Um, so, I, I, can I ask you if they, after the murder case, obviously there's, they just felt like there was no reason to even compound any kind of charges against him, or they, the way I understand it is, they did the murder case because that's more relevant than a rape case. I mean. You know, they have DNA on my case and everything else, but uh, they went ahead with the murder case. Okay. Um, Sean, do you have anything? Um, again, I also, Ms. Vivian, also please, I'm sure you've heard this being as, as volatile as this case has been. I, I appreciate you for coming on to the show uh, and sharing your information. I'm, I'm sure it's probably still hard to, to, to deal with, and I, I appreciate you for coming and saying what you have to say tonight as well. Let me get that out there right then and there, uh, and I am so sorry as to what happened. I know that's probably no consolation, but again, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and giving your story. Well, I just think that uh, the other side of this should be heard, too. You know, nobody's mentioned any of Rodney's record of all the assault charges he has. Or any of that, it's all how innocent Rodney Reed is, you know. And I don't feel so bad for myself. I feel bad for all of this coming up over and over and over again for Stacy's family and others. Not so bad for myself. Can you go into more detail as far as your story and, and what actually happened that night? Sure. Um, I mean, it's been told out there, but... Um, I was at a bar called Ray's Place. I worked there. There was a party there that night. I left. I went walking down the railroad tracks. Um, and this guy come out and met me at the railroad tracks. And he was real nice at first. And we talked. And we sat there and smoked cigarettes and talked. And uh, I'm not sure what happened, but he flipped the switch and drug me up underneath the railroad trestle and raped me right there. Wow. So, and uh, I couldn't give a good description of him. I do believe I said he was over six foot tall and 200 and something pounds, but that's about the only description I could give of him. And they took me directly. I called the police, and they took me to the hospital, and they did the medical exam and all that and got the DNA and all of that, so... And, uh... Now, we, we've heard that some of the pro-Reed side has been pretty cruel to you. What have, what have they done exactly as far as on social media and everything? You know, they've said some pretty cruel things, and they and they get their facts all messed up. You know, they say things about me that never happened, and just like they've done just now to Stacy, uh, they, they can be pretty cruel, and um, just lately... I had some actually on Facebook tell me they knew who my kids were and all of that, like that was supposed to be some kind of threat towards me. 
you know, which they were wrong about who they thought my kids were, of course, but they've gotten pretty ugly, you know. Well, and I, I and I've never claimed to be a saint, ever, you know. Got, got you. Now, 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 one of the things that I ran across today is someone mentioned another name of another person that may have committed this crime. Um, it was a Pat Barnett. What What can you tell us about and people that have thrown that out there towards you? See, uh, when it first, when I first got the paper about the rape case, and they questioned when I went and talked to the police about it, they put a paper in front of me. There was two suspects, Pat Barnett and Rodney Reed, and it, they didn't know it was Rodney Reed for sure until they got the DNA back. Got you. So it was the DNA that convinced them that you know he was the one that actually committed the crime. Right. Got you. Okay. Well, I just wanted to clarify that because I had seen that earlier today and I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I don't know where that accusation came from. Uh, I don't, I don't trust eyewitness testimony and someone said that uh, it's been proven through scientific evidence that eyewitness, uh, eyewitness testimony isn't a hundred percent. And when someone said that about your case, I wanted to talk to you about it personally and actually find out. And when you say that they brought out two pictures to you, to me, that's uh, not just pictures. They, I, it was just a paper, and it had two suspects' names on it. Oh, you didn't even see pictures. No, I wouldn't identify. I they they tried to get me to do that, and I wouldn't do it because I couldn't identify him. It was dark, and I had a lot to drink. You know, right. and I wasn't gonna point my finger at somebody if I didn't know it was them. You know, and that's. And I I appreciate that honesty in that. You know, a lot of people would go ahead and just say, "Oh yeah, it looks like that guy," and go ahead and they're they're that person's life is ruined forever, whether they did it or not. But you know, that clarifies right. a lot for me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mhm. So thank you for thank you for coming on, Vivian. No, no problem. I mean, I just wanted um, to get the other side of this out too, you know. Definitely, oh, I, I think that is extremely important. Um, absolutely, and, and you know, innocence is built say, in least, the court you know, of public opinion. You know, and I want yes, our sir, listeners to. Oh no, it's, I'm sorry. I just wanted our listeners to know that you know, we when when doing this that we we want everybody to have an opportunity to to present what their side obviously want it we want it based in fact um not just opinionated you know and and then i do respect you lisa for your opinion because it's a very well educated opinion whether someone um wants to believe that you're on a witch hunt or whatever i mean that's obviously you know some people's opinions but uh you know, again, like Sean, I want to reiterate what Sean said. You know, I, I a lot of respect to you as well, Miss Vivian, for you know, just you know, being honest about the whole situation as far as you know, you were you know saying that you refused to identify because you couldn't. You know, and I just said, um, do you see any like what you obviously? I'm sure you have. You read a whole lot about the Stacy Sites case since all this went down, or? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it keeps coming up, so you can't hardly avoid it, you know. Absolutely, right, I understand. Um, do you see any, like, 
if you do have any recollection, obviously, of any specific in deal or involvement in anything, do you see anything that would that points you to Rodney and go, you know, I, I vaguely remember or whatnot? Can you draw a, a, a parallel line between your case and and what happened to Stacy? Obviously, you know the the, the the all of his cases that I've heard about are similar, and. And actually, if you look at the photos, most of us women look the same. And I've noticed that, too. And, you know, there's a lot of factors there. And I don't want to, you know, just it's just my opinion, like you said. I got you. I got you. I think one of the most, and I wish I would have been able to to get a whole, or I should have thought about this when, when Ryan was on the air and, you know your opinion is is welcome too. Ms. I know it's opinion, but Sean and, and Lisa and Vivian, if I can get all three of your opinions on this, they said that where that uh, the the key piece of evidence, as as Ryan alluded to, was found like what point six miles away from Rodney Reed's mom's house. The truck for correct the truck. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, Sean, what do you take on that as far as, and I, I'm, and I don't mean to cut anybody off, everybody, I guess, but Sean, real quick, that truck being 0.6 miles from Rodney Reed's mother's house, that's an easy walk, especially for a younger guy that's, you know, uh, by all accounts, I haven't heard him described as with having any disabilities or whatnot, so there's no, nothing to say he couldn't walk 0.6 miles. I mean, Sean, your take on the fact that they found the the I don't think they they saying that the truck was used as a transport vehicle by by some yeah. accounts. I mean, it being found at point six miles away from that home, does that lead any credence to his guilt to you in any form or fashion? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that could lead to his guilt. You know, in, in anybody that's reasonably looking at this case, the fact that it was found just a few, you know, uh, however you, however far you set away, 1.6 miles or something like that, that's within walking distance. That's within the timeline. Six tenths of, of a mile. It was six yeah. tenths of a mile, Sean. Okay, okay sorry. And I have to throw something mile. else in there, too. Where I was raped was right across the field from his mother's house, too, where he lived. Okay. Right. So that that, that gives more credence to that part of the case and and, you know i can honestly admit that that you know it's damning that part of it is damning the part that he you know uh said that he didn't know her the part that he you know uh admitted that you know that he came up with that story about as far as having a relationship with her i mean all of these things add up and into a very damning case and i see why they prosecuted him for what they did and uh mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh it, it, it's a frustrating case to look at because there's not one single piece of evidence that just you know is the red herring that actually says 100 percent that he did that and that's that's an unfortunate part of it you know the police investigation again i said before it was piss poor uh they made a lot of mistakes i i just wish that when these types of cases happen that the police would focus you know, on what's going to be perceived in the future as far as how they handle these cases and that they do it by the book a hundred percent, you know, when, 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 yeah. Sean, that is an impossible standard and anybody can look at a case, look at reports, look at it and create 
questions and issues. And one of the comments, uh, one of the things that I've observed with the Rodney Reed is innocent is that they continually move the goalposts. Some things have been moved. Counter, wait, wait, let me Look. finish. When when I counter something on uh, the Austin Chronicle articles, they will post something completely different. Hey, uh, this is Michael. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, I want to yeah. break in here. I did uh, invite the uh, people, their group, to uh, post questions as well on their own forum in Facebook. And okay. Ms. Vivian... Feel free to answer this. It goes back to an earlier question. If not, I, nobody will blame you. But they did want me to ask you uh, why you went to, excuse me, the phone went out, uh, why they went to Iris uh, saying that Pat Barnett just raped me. Once again, feel free to ignore that. Uh, they just wanted me to ask you that. Oh, who's the, who's the supposedly, I said that? Yes, I believe uh, yeah, it's the yeah. Rodney Reed. It's the Rodney Reed Innocent on Texas Death Row page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They asked me to ask you about that. Uh, once again, I'm not sure. Yeah, I never said. See, they've been saying all kinds of crazy stuff like that, and I never said anything about anybody else. Like I said, Vivian. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No, Vivian. Let me ask you this: Do you know Iris Lisley? No, I don't even know who that is. Okay. That's that's what I thought. And, and that was... <laughs> that is an again, example Vivian, of... I, I definitely wasn't trying to, uh, you know, bother oh, no, you with that no. question by any stretch, but they did want me to ask, and I told them, you know, that I would uh, make an effort. But one thing I want to ask you guys about everybody in this forum is, Something that I came across when we were uh, looking at these case files on that uh, Rodney Reed page uh, website that you had alluded to earlier, Lisa, was a, um, I don't know exactly what they call it in the justice system, but I guess it's some sort of write-up about an interaction between Mr. Reed and a, um, and a, uh, and a guard at the prison after he was convicted, I believe, of the murder he uh, yeah. had an interaction yeah. with the guard and was, you know, I, I tell you, Lisa, that I told you I was kind of a little bit on his side as far as, you know, there was a lot to make yeah. me question it, sort of similar to Westman. But that there, yeah. I remember we were looking over this after we had just watched the documentary, and I remember looking at Brad and saying, you know, that looks pretty bad because, and I forget the exact words, but, uh, he said something about um he said something about um he said something about the um about he could get the guard or something of that nature so correct uh, correct that's definitely interesting and uh lisa once again not start any trouble the texas the same page did ask me to ask you how did you know iris's last name when i didn't say it because she testified at Reed's trial to a an alleged re- a relationship uh, in the frame documentary, she has given a statement that uh, Pat Barnett was that she saw Vivian with Pat Barnett the night Vivian was raped. Uh, so I know exactly who they. In fact, 
is my memory for people's names. I know the people in this case probably better than all of them put together. Because if you come up and give me a name, I can tell you what they said and why it wasn't found to be persuasive in the courts. Because that's how closely I've studied this case. Okay, and like I said, Lisa, no, let me see. Um, the, okay, Lisa, this one is, the, the, the Rodney Reed is saying that Iris didn't testify about Vivian. No, she testified about a relationship with Stacy, and she called her Stephanie, and she said she was in a great truck, and that was why the jury did not believe a relationship existed. Okay, I mean, listen, again, um, I wanted to let every one of the listeners know that uh, if, you know, to please, that this will go off the air at, at 10 o'clock if we do run a little bit past you. Again, anything that we say can be listened to in the archived edition of this show, uh, and we encourage everyone to, to listen. And, again, um, definitely noticing, Sean, uh, where we could probably do another show on this uh, down the road. Um, yeah, you know, not, not, not wanting to like, you know, try to draw anything off of it, but obviously this has been a polarizing case to those involved. And so, you know, definitely and in a death well, penalty case, obviously there's some, a lot of seriousness um, to the, to it. Well, my take on all of this, you know, uh, through tonight's discussion and everything that I've looked at over the last week, um, we know that there was some corruption going on in the police force. We know that they did a shoddy job as far as the investigation. Yeah, um, Sean, that, uh, hold on a I'm second. Sorry. That, I, I just, that, wait, that I beat. just think that's part of the conclusory allegations made by Reed's mm-hmm. defenders. Well, I'm okay. actually looking, police have said themselves that they didn't change their gloves, that they lost evidence, that they didn't do certain things. Again, and you, had, you're saying they said it, but that's from a defense expert. Well, not I'm, that the, the not that the uh, not that the the Karen Blakely or anybody who was involved in the evidence collection, none of them said this, that. That is what Reed's experts another, said. They didn't change their gloves. <laughs> Uh, I, she did a tape lift a, and then touched Stacy's breast. But there, you, Those everyone are that allegations. Everyone that looks at this case has to know that this police force was in a lot of trouble as far as how these police were handling themselves. These weren't good people. Okay, now whether Reader did this or not, that's up to the people to decide. Okay, again, had, you're making a blanket generalization. <laughs> about one police force, Sheriff Fernandez, the Bastrop Sheriff, he actually wasn't the sheriff, I don't believe, at the time of the investigation. He became sheriff after Reed's arrest. Okay, but still there was a lot of things that were happening with the police that were a part of this force that they were Again, exactly what? You make these, I'm sorry, Sean, you're making generalizations. Who was fired for stealing? Fired for, for multiple DUIs. These are on police record. David, okay. That was David Ford, and that was in 2010. 
It doesn't matter. That, not, that, that did not occur in 1996. But he I'm talking about what occurred in 1996. Of police brutality. Okay, that's another accusation that goes against this police force. I'm just trying that to state the fact. Actually, Jimmy Finnell on the Giddings police. But still, the Giddings police had nothing to do with Stacy's investigation. And the man had a history of police brutality. That is a fact of this case. There were allegations of police brutality, yes. But there's actually no criminal charges against him for police brutality. Uh, The lawsuits, civil lawsuits that were filed, there's no evidence that they were ever settled or paid or or went to a jury trial and were found to be true. And so those you, are could allegations. Also, you could also argue there were no charges ever filed against Reed for rape. I'm just trying to provide well, that, the- is what, that is what the pro-Reed people want us to do, is ignore all those allegations against him. Ignore those allegations. He was never charged and he was never tried. But yet you're making all these allegations against police officers for incidents that occurred after, you know, 10 years, 20 years after the murder. And Some happened before making allegations about police brutality that was never found to be true in any well, judicial or administrative proceeding. Man is accused There's of police brutality. standard. If it's negative, later convicted of rape, negative I'm, for lead, you can't consider it. If it's negative for anyone else, you have to consider it. I'm looking at all of the evidence pro Read and there Oregon? is no evidence of, quote, widespread corruption in the investigation of Stacey Seitz's murder. That's an allegation yeah. that they were all protecting Jimmy Finnell. I didn't it's say that. It's an allegation. It's never been or... proven. I never, never said that they were operating it uh, you're, you're together. You're alleging. I said they did a piss poor job in an investigation. That's all I said. You you made statements about widespread police corruption. Yes, again, people were fired from this police station, this force. Wait, 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 wait. Again, um, this is what you're 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 missing. You're saying this police force. There were yes. three police agencies involved, not okay. one. Three police In agencies. Their town, three officers were fired. One for DUIs. Okay, one for rape. David Ward, and that was in 2010. It was long after Stacy's murder. There's no evidence that he was driving drunk in 1996. We don't know that. We don't know that at all. I'm just trying to point out the fact that these were not. He was never accused of driving drunk in 1996. Good people. That's all I'm trying to actually point out. Okay. They all made mistakes. They were human beings. They were flawed human beings. They made many mistakes during this investigation. That should be brought out. Hello? But again, you're referring, you're referring to some mistakes that occurred years later. Well, I'm also referring to the actual investigation. I, where I, there, what there's we, contempt. What, well, there, there's no proof that there was any contamination. That was an opinion of one of Reed's experts. The courts did that, not find it to be persuasive. That admitted that they didn't change the gloves. Again, that is not correct, Sean. No, that isn't correct. Aaron Blakely, uh, I can't remember, Wilson Young, none of the people that were at that crime scene 
have made any such admissions. Okay, you well, have, I, information I think what you're doing is you're taking Singer's statements hey. and you're thinking that that is some kind of admission. Well, I'm going to look at that and I'm going to ah. send that to you I find that. That's fine. If you find that, that's fine. But Hey, Lisa, uh, Lisa, real quick, um, and this will maybe this will uh, what Sean. These are here. I'm going to read these comments, but let me let me say, Miss Vivian again. I appreciate you for coming on um, again. I don't want to take there, anything Vivian. away from, from 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 you. If you want to stay on the air, if you have anything else to add or say, feel free. Before I go into this real quick, I just wanted to obviously I didn't want to overlook your story and your side of things. So uh, again, thank well, you for coming on. I- I've said everything I think I need to say, and uh, I'll listen to the rest of it. And thank y'all. Thank, thank you, you so thank much, you. and you have a wonderful evening. Okay, Miss Lisa, here's what I'm I'm going to bring, and I'm going to sure read these if you want to take them uh, point by point when I finish. Um, Perfect. The here, so here's where it goes. So it started off with, uh, so how does she know about Iris and Vivian? And then it goes, do you really know Lisa O'Brien, her credentials? She doesn't add up. There is evidence of Jimmy Fennell's violence. Uh, Rich Hernandez, Ed Salmalea, it is obvious Lisa has her mind made up and will go to great lengths to bash Rodney. David Board was drunk driving before getting hired at the Bastroff Police Department. Uh, Gary Joe Bryant and David Hall. So, um, you know. Those are the, the, okay. the comments that I received. Um, again, I knew about Iris Lindley's statements about Vivian from Framed, which is one of the Rodney Reedus Innocent documentaries. I watched it. I paid attention. And I have a good grasp of names and what people have said. Um, see what, we, what was the second one? There was um, there was the uh, Rich Hernandez, the obviously oh. the police well, officer okay. that was killed. Okay, killed Rich Hernandez. He, as I said, I, I believe he was elected sheriff in '97, sometime around Reed's arrest. So he wasn't really over the Bastrop Police or Bastrop Sheriff's Office at the time of the investigation. And there yes, was, he uh, was the police officer that committed suicide. Guns, but Ed Summell, yes, he committed suicide. He had been fired. Uh, he had received a letter or note from a former girlfriend. He had been treating with a psychologist. The psychologist had spoken to his family and was concerned. And he took a gun and shot himself in the head. He apparently used his left hand when he was right-handed. Only he could tell us why. Um, I suspect that he suffered from severe depression, probably tried to put on a a brave face for his family, never told anyone how bad it was, and something led him to the staff decision to take his own life. It's tragic, but there's never been any evidence that it was anything other than a suicide aside from the things that we can never explain. Um, David Board, 
again, there's no – the DUI charges I'm aware of were in 2010. I'm not aware of anything in 1996. And um, if you're going to look at, quote, corruption, if it's not present in 1996, it's not relevant to me. And that's just my opinion. Okay. Well, and I think and, and, I, I think what Sean's I think what Sean's trying to say is maybe maybe he's not using maybe he's using the wrong word in corruption. Uh, I would say that there was a mishandling of information and, and evidence um, similar to what you could see. In, I mean, obviously, I, I think there's I see a and obviously another case you're familiar with is I see. Uh, the, some of the same similarities in that of the West Memphis Three, obviously the if the evidence at the Bojangles restaurant stuff like that. I, I don't know if Sean maybe means corruption. Maybe it's just a misuse of the word. Well, no. But what I'm uh, if I, if I could have a moment to speak, what I'm what I'm trying to talk about is that you know you look at the evidence of these men, their behavior, the crimes that they committed, the reasons that they were fired. Obviously, something was going on during. 1996 during 1997 these were the same people people don't change that much over time now i'm not saying that this is a conspiracy to you know try to convict reed i'm just saying that these police were just kind of shitty people and their investigation was a shitty investigation that's all i'm saying i mean if you don't go so far as to go and search the apartment of the victim you've done a shitty job and anyone should be that but that issue, I can see why they would say we didn't have enough for probable cause. That's uh, the last be- place she was known to be alive. Hang on just a second. That is the All last right. place that she was known to be alive. But okay. they didn't have anything else to suggest that a crime had been committed there. She How many of us by, by eating here, and you get probable was, cause to have car searched. I mean, this was a murder investigation. They should have looked at Wait, the truck was the truck was processed by the DPS lab for, I think, four or five days, not one or two. Okay. It was returned to now because it was his truck, and DPS probably didn't have any place to store it. But we're not we're not talking about the truck. We're talking about her apartment and something that and anybody... And I was trying to talk about the apartment, and then you had to go somewhere else, so... That's where I went to the truck, but they okay. didn't think they had probable cause because she was wearing her work clothes. Okay. She was found in Bastrop. All right. And there was no indication that anything had happened to her in Giddy. If I were a cop and my fiance got murdered, I want you to investigate my home. That's just the way it is. If I, I mean, I'm not a cop, and if my wife got murdered, I would want you to investigate my home. I would want you to find any detail at all possible to try to track down the actual I, killer. Actually, Sean, I would actually consult with an attorney. I would let I'd them let him, get a search warrant. Because if they find any evidence of any kind of crime on a consent uh-huh. search, your ass is going to be facing criminal charges. Do you know that? But I okay. would want someone to my home. Okay. <laughs> I would want them to actually well, go in. Well, you know, I, I think I would. I want to say one thing. In all the years, no one who was in that apartment in the days after Stacy was murdered ever reported seeing anything out of the ordinary. Well, I'm sure that apartment got cleaned. No I mean, they 
services that come in and clean these places. So any type of evidence that would have been there Nothing would have been happens. taken. Sean, who comes in? And, wait, wait, you're talking about somebody coming in and cleaning the apartment. There's no yeah. evidence anything ever happened at the apartment. It's called, well, maybe nothing happened at the apartment, but I'm just saying that they didn't okay. even go so far to investigate that. That's really weird. That's, that's piss Again, they, they did not believe that they had probable cause to get a search warrant. Okay. They, Again. They could have done it. They could have done it with consent, but they were being somewhat confrontational no. with Fennell at that time. Uh, they if they were being gets... confrontational with Fennell. Let me finish, it, please. Oh, they were well, being you... confrontational with Fennell at that time, and they may have felt he would not give consent. It doesn't matter if he gives consent or not. Statistically speaking, if a woman gets killed, it's usually the person who is involved with that woman that commits the crime. Statistically that is not speaking, probable cause, Sean. That is not probable cause. You have not, to have probable cause that the, a crime was committed. Oh, okay. More evidence so, that a crime was committed to establish probable cause. People said he was a violent person. A lot of people said he was a corrupt cop. Nobody All these said, but again... Again, Sean, nobody said on April 23rd, April 24th, April 25th, 1996, that Fennell was a violent person. All of this comes out leading up to Reed's trial after Reed's conviction in the appellate process. Well, if someone killed someone in my family, okay, I'm going to want them to go into my home and, and actually investigate and look at that. And okay, I, you know, and they that is do- fine, but just nice. keep in mind, if you have anything potentially criminal in your apartment. So be it. You better hope they don't find it. So be it. Because you're going to hand them evidence, and with consent, you can't complain at trial when they use it against you. Lisa, Sean, can I I interject real quick? Don't worry about it. Um, Here's the the thing, and I think, and and Sean, um, I see your point, and I see Lisa's, and I guess from from a, from I'll be the American idiot today. Um, I see where Lisa's saying that at the time of the murder, none of this was brought out. It was all brought out in the later in the future that to support their narrative that Jimmy Finnell did it and to save Rodney. But at the same time, Lisa, I will say that in Sean's like, you know, the my girlfriend, if she comes up, you know, murdered. I have no problem with anyone searching my apartment because if I'm not guilty of the crime, then I've got nothing to hide. There's no evidence saying that I did what I did, and I don't. And then that's where I guess I'm trying to figure out is, and it's not saying that you're wrong or Sean's right or Sean's wrong and you're right. I'm just saying, in my honest opinion, go ahead, search my truck, search my car, search my house, search boat, lake house, whatever you want to search. You're not going to find anything because I didn't do this. And in the same regards, in in Rodney's defense, Rodney should have said, you know what? Yeah, I knew Stacy. We had an affair. That's where I draw on that. But going back to Sean's point, I don't care if you search my apartment. I'm trying to figure out this evidence that would be damning to maybe just if you could give me some sort of what you would think they would find in there that would even admit any guilt on Jimmy Fennell. And let me let me. Add something. I think if they had gotten wait wait Sean let me let me let me interject here please. If they had gotten consent and searched and found no evidence that Stacy was murdered in the apartment, 
we now wouldn't be arguing. Now we would be saying they did not search hard enough. No, we they wouldn't be arguing. Enough. But we would. But what I'm talking about as far as the need for like a warrant and not just inviting police to come in and search your residence. He was a suspect. Marijuana. If you have, if you have a lot of prescription drugs, if you have anything suggesting that you were involved in some other crime, not necessarily an attack, an attack or murder. If you invite them in and they find that evidence of those crimes. Yeah, I've I've read about a little old lady going to cut kids had dope in the house. I get that. But he was a he was a suspect in this crime. That is probable cause. That's correct. No, being a suspect is not probable cause. You you need to read up on Fourth Amendment search and seizure. A suspicion is not probable cause. Being a suspect in a crime is not probable cause. Um, happens every way that that is that is totally i'm sorry sean but that is totally incorrect no it's Lisa, not i've been pulled get a search warrant. you don't go to a judge and say judge he's a bad dude i think he did it give me a search warrant it doesn't happen that way you have to show through some evidence his phone records uh, okay lisa statements that conflict with statements he's given police no alibi all those things Lisa. and that, yes. Okay, I apologize, but I do have two things that were brought up to me that I want addressed. One of them actually wasn't brought up to me. It was brought up, I, I, I've been thinking about it the whole time. So, here's the deal. First one I want to address is the fact that you said that uh, nobody thought that Jimmy uh, was guilty at the time. From what uh, Brad brought up, and then also from what Miss Tiffany brought up here on my Facebook Messenger, people did think Fennell was a violent person at the time. No. Uh, and the prosecutor actually said, that, I mean, the documentary even mentioned the prosecutor thought that it was possible. Now, with that being said, also, Wait, the prosecutor uh, thought that what documentary that Jimmy said the was, was the was the person who uh, that Jimmy was the person who uh, what, committed the crime. What I what I said was that on April 23rd, April 24th, April 25th, April 26th, nobody had reported to police that Jimmy was violent. There were no issues of domestic violence between him and Stacy. There were no calls for service to their apartment. Um, nobody contacted police that I'm aware of in that short time frame. But Lisa, you're looking at something that's violence. a short time frame. You're looking at something that's a short time frame. If there's evidence that potentially lead to Stacy's real victim being a real murderer being caught, you may not be able to find something from that time period. Shoot, we're looking at Rodney Reed's accusations before talking, April and what narrowly, have you. I am narrowly specifically talking about the, apart, the search of the apartment and the search warrant and probable cause right. for that. And- Fennell was that accused is what of is limited to that narrow time frame. Okay? Right, right. Okay? I, I'm not saying, yes, Fennell was the now, natural prime suspect. Now, and here's something and interesting as well. He was a prime well. suspect for seven months. 
here's something interesting as well that I have forgotten that Tiffany just brought up once again on Facebook. She did make a good point, and I had forgotten about this in the documentary. Stacy had made comments that she was scared of Jimmy, and that in and of itself screams number one, OJ. Just saying. And number two, well, I mean, that in and of itself should lead itself to, hey, number one, we should investigate the home. If Lee's, if I, if Stacy is making comments that she is scared of the person she shares her abode with, then yes, they should investigate that house because number Michael, one, like you said, Michael, he was a suspect. Michael, comment and those statements are. Conclusory allegations. I have never seen any statement directly from a witness that Stacy expressed any fear of Jimmy Finnell. What about the accusations of police brutality dating back all the way to 1994 on Finnell? Again, those are – well, Finnell wasn't a police officer in 1994 because he wasn't okay, certified but- until 1995. But does that not prove allegate? Does that not does that not show a pattern so of behavior and show that this gentleman has got anger issues in the least? Again, those are accusations of police brutality. What happened with those civil cases? They were not criminal cases. They were not administrative cases. Jimmy was not fired. They were civil lawsuits against a but, police agent. But it's just it's as fair to bring up. But Lisa, is it just as fair to bring up stuff that Rodney Reed was never convicted of? Because at the end of the day, those are just accusations. Thank you. When he's not convicted in a court of law, they become accusations. They are. So then we have to discredit all however, the history. As with as with Vivian. And the rape in 1989 in of a 12-year-old girl, they are proven by DNA evidence. Uh, also, six months after right. Stacy was murdered, Reed convinced a woman to give him a ride. She was named Linda. She was 19. She gave him a ride. He directed her to a deserted area. He slammed her head into her... Uh, steering wheel. He attempted to rape her. She was able to get away from him. He took off in her car. She picked no, him out of a Lisa, But was he was he convicted of this? The charges are pending. In fact, Vivian, okay, the charges are pending, but right now it's just an accusation, and you and can't when, use that to draw draw a conclusion upon Rodney Reed. There are three indictments pending against him. Not to, mention, not to mention one of the most damning things, honestly, Lisa, that I see against Rodney Reed's guilt is the fact that Stacy Stites' own family believes that Jimmy Fennell was the killer. Only one person is damning Wait, wait, wait stop. Please. Michael, only her mother, Carol Stites, her sisters, Crystal, and Deborah do not believe Rodney Reed to be innocent. Yeah, there's only a first cousin who never had any contact with with Stacy when she was alive. They have aligned themselves with Rodney Reed. They're entitled to believe that he's innocent. And they are trying to help him because they believe he is innocent. But they are not her immediate family. 
her mother and her sisters, Deborah and Crystal, are her only immediate family as far as I'm concerned. They're welcome to have their now, Lisa, address yes. this, though. According to Tiffany, Stacy lived with that cousin's family. And I'm trying to get a link well, to well, something to prove this and back it up, but I, I do want that addressed. Excuse me. I have read Calvin Horton's affidavit or declaration. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an affidavit. Right. It's a declaration. And basically the majority of the information is him repeating things his parents told him. It's not his direct observations of Stacy or her character or her life. These are things his parents told him. Now, he right. does say that in October of 95, he saw Stacy and Rodney Reed at the Bastrop Dairy Queen. The problem with that is that Reed has said he didn't meet Stacy until November 1995. So it's kind of hard for him to have seen Stacy and Rodney in October when she supposedly didn't meet Rodney until November. Okay. Now I got a question though, and this is just, I have, I, I've actually gotten Tiffany is uh, sending me the affidavit as we speak. So I'm going to have to vaguely look over this, but affidavits are under sworn oath, correct? Well, there's a, there's an affidavit and it is sworn to before a notary. There's a mm-hmm. declaration, but a declaration is generally uh, not not necessarily sworn to. There's a there's a distinction. Okay, the one I'm looking at so, is from Calvin Horton. Uh, he says in paragraph two here, when my cousin Stacy Stites was 16 years old, she and her mother. Moved in with pe- my parents, Janice and Roy, Ray Horton, Rosansky, Texas, less than a mile from where I lived with my wife, Camille Horton, and our three young children, uh, Jamie uh-huh. Whitford and Stephen. At the time, I traveled to Corpus Christi around this time to help Stacy and her mother, Carol, move their belongings into a storage facility in the Bastrop area. I understood from speaking with my parents that Stacy's mother was concerned about Stacy. I began dating. We already addressed that. Uh, Stacy and Carol lived with my parents approximately two months, but within that time, my mom and father informed me that some of Stacy's traits from Corpus resurfaced. According to them, she would continue to see men. Okay, so basically, that, uh, all this is, is showing me. Right, all this is showing me basically is that there was there was a relationship there, uh, as far as they actually did live there. Um, well, and that's, I didn't, I'm not disputing that. But right. like I said, the the bulk of his declaration or affidavit, whichever it is, uh, uh, it looks like it is, pretty much speaks to the relationships or quote unquote inappropriate relationships. Yeah, but I, as I understood it from what you just read, that's what his parents right. told him. That's not his observation of Stacey. This is true. I believe inappropriate relationships. That's what his parents told him. That's hearsay. That's not his it, personal knowledge. And uh, Tiffany did say it's still Stacy's family. Lisa discounts uh, everything that doesn't support her narrative. Okay, so here's the deal, Lisa. As far as everything goes, though, I, I have a problem 
with a lot of things as far as if you can't, if you discount anything before or after those three days, right? Are you saying as no. far as the prosecution again, goes, Michael, we discount everything Michael. before or after? Right. No, Michael, what I said was I was speaking to the issue of the apartment. Right. Again, but, there are no there are no reports in the police files that I'm aware of and no one testified at the trial that I'm aware of of Stacy being afraid of Jimmy. So Ever. question. And this is just me posting a uh, a backwards question, but uh, I mean, you see cases of rape where people where victims don't want to come up and you know put a police report or something like that out there against the person. Right. Could Stacy have been afraid and not filed a police report or not? You know, uh, I mean, if uh, Jimmy is a very powerful man in this town, let's not forget but, that he is a cop. He has power. But, yeah, Maybe but, people were afraid Michael. of retribution. Michael, Stacy spent every day with her mother. Right. Her mother did not say anything negative, and I don't think to this day that Mrs. Mm-hmm. Stites has ever, ever said anything negative about Jimmy. Has yes, never ma'am. said anything about suspecting abuse, witnessing abuse, witnessing violence. I mean, in fact, what she described with Jimmy is he really was pretty even-tempered. Okay. And pretty hard to ruffle. That's her description based on her first-hand observation of him during the time that he and Stacy were together. Okay, okay, I do see your point there. One thing I also want to bring up is, um, you know, talking about past and future convictions and things of that nature, uh, you know, one of the things I do want to bring up with that is, you know, I don't believe we brought it up, but Fennell was eventually convicted of a similar crime as far as uh, raping an individual later on down the line. I, I mean, a lot of things here lend the probable the probability that it could have been. And I, I feel like the shadow of a doubt is still there. And isn't it a jury's job to convict without a shadow of reasonable doubt? No. The burden of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt. But was shadow it beyond a reasonable doubt? doubt? Absolutely impossible. Okay, shadow of a doubt is 100%, and that's not possible. Beyond a reasonable doubt is a totally different, and a lot of people use it should be shadow of doubt. It should be beyond a shadow of a doubt, and that's just not the, that's not the standard. Okay, I agree and with that. that. We, I, I do apologize. Never get, never get a criminal conviction. I, I, I did mean beyond reasonable doubt. I do apologize for uh, slip of the tongue there. Uh, Lisa, one thing I do want to mention, though, Brad just brought up a good point as far as the fact that, you know, a lot of this evidence didn't exist in 1996, but exists today, which could cause, you know, reasonable doubt to the conviction. So, you know, at the same time, just like we saw with West Memphis, I mean, do you just retry it? No. No. Why Um, not, though? Because 
the I mean I tried and that's the, the only reason why I ask this, I'm not trying to slip you up or trick you or anything here, Lisa, but I do ask this, you know, it's, uh, it's the fact not, that there is. Okay. It is not equitable to the system uh-huh. to say there's a criminal conviction for murder. Right. And then 10 years later, an alternate suspect commits a crime, murder or whatever kills someone manslaughter. Uh-huh. It's not equitable to the system or to the original victim to say, oh, well, we have to give that guy a new trial because that guy was a suspect and he killed somebody. Right. Jimmy Finnell's rape occurred in 2007. Right. Um, Reed supporters cite a, a lot of allegedly multiple rapes, multiple victims. They say he's killed people, but they never identify a victim. They never identify a date or time frame. They never uh-huh. identify a specific even crime. But you've got Jimmy's raped all these people. He's been violent. He's, you know, killed people. Those are all conclusory allegations. Right. The allegations but of the- police brutality... Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me go. They didn't yes, result ma'am. in an IA or an administrative proceeding firing Jimmy Finnell. There were civil okay. lawsuits filed. I work for a civil firm. I have we right. have had people come in and say, I spit on a police officer and he knocked me down and handcuffed me. I want to sue. And we say we don't handle those kinds of cases. But the cases that were civil cases they may very well have been people who felt that Jimmy didn't handle their arrest the way it should have been handled, and so they made allegations of police brutality. Yes, ma'am. In a civil forum, not they didn't make a they didn't make a complaint or or didn't have the police department even investigate. I don't know. Okay, but, Lisa, I uh, do want to ask you. Something you mentioned a second ago before you uh, continue. I do want to mention something that Tiffany uh, asked about uh, Greg Kelly. Um, uh, I guess, and this is the case, and Tiffany, if I don't do this justice, I apologize. But uh, the uh, Greg Kelly case, apparently this gentleman just got out of prison because an alternative suspect was named. Um I mean, that does that not set a reset on that potential? You know, I mean, you know, that's a that's a this is another thing. This is kind of like Sean's generalizations. Right. I love you, Sean, but you make a lot of generalizations, babe. Um, I do. Just because (laughs) some other case, and I don't even know what jurisdiction, what state was that in. What stage uh, I believe she said Texas, and Tiffany hit me up and tell me what state it was in. Uh, Texas. I mean, she did say Texas. He was, was in prison no, for assaulting he, a child in did, Williamson County. Did he file a motion for new trial based on new evidence? I mean, you know, you they these general vague. Well, it happened in this right. case. Why shouldn't it happen in Rodney Reed's case? It's a case by case thing. But shouldn't 
especially, and the reason why I'm so tough on this, Lisa, is because a man's life does hang in the balance as far as this goes. So I do want to make sure, you know, that this guy is getting as fair a shake as possible. Uh, especially in this case, don't you want to have to, don't you want to, uh, don't you want to, and she, you know, I said it better than I could. Standards should be the same for all, especially in a case where a man's life hangs in the balance. If you're going to let a gentleman go for potentially assaulting a child because another suspect uh, emerged, why would you not at least look at the case again for Mr. Reed when he's on death row and his life hangs in the balance? But I, as I said, I think I tried to say to Tiffany, and as I said to Ryan, I have uh-huh. looked at Reed's case. I've read every appellate opinion. I know. No, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the state of Texas. And and that's that is the appellate process or the post conviction okay. process. That is the process in the court. I think part of the problem is that much of the things that Tiffany and other pro read people rely on has right. never been presented in court. That, and that is the a fair person who was extremely rude. Tiffany uh, brought up my statement, but that is the system that we have. You cannot fault the system for not writing a perceived wrong when it does not have the information that you believe proves your position. But you should have the opportunity to show that evidence. And Reed has been given more than uh, more than enough opportunities. He has filed eight state post-conviction writs. How many were denied? All of them were denied, but they were all denied after the his evidence was used. If they're all denied, then that's not fair. He should have his day in court again he, to give all evidence that's possible. He has he has had his days in court. He had, he had hearings in 2001, 2006, and 2017. He had the opportunity to present evidence in support of his claims at those hearings. Right, ladies. Okay. He had a couple of other writs that were denied based on the paper records that he submitted in connection with now, his application. One of the things one of the things I want to mention here, did he have a fair shake of it? Because here's the and she just brought this up. I, she's still listening, by the way, in our uh, in our room here. She said, you know, Rodney's attorneys had two months to prepare for a capital murder trial. That's, That's not true. Good God. Calvin and Garvey had more than two months. Okay. Calvin Garvey had more than two months. He was appointed in October of 97. He had October, November, December, January. When so Lily months. Clay Jackson was appointed, is four months enough time? He had an additional February, March, seven months, six months, seven months. You know, Sean does make a good point. Is four months much different than two when you're talking about a capital murder trial? Well, I mean, Calvin Garvey had seven months. 
he was brought on seven months before this, or he was brought on after the four months? No, he was brought on seven months before the uh, jury selection. Okay. She says uh, the timeline's a little incorrect, and one person couldn't get it done. And, you know, same thing as you say with the state's – same thing as you say – the state's attorney, you know, Rodney wasn't his only client. Hey, Michael, again, that's just somebody's opinion. We don't know if one person or multiple people could commit this crime. That's something that's speculation, and we need to stay that's away true. from speculation. That. Well, no, no. As far as the, uh, Calvin Garvey and, um, and Lydia Clay Jackson, uh, they mm-hmm. actually had two investigators. They had John Vasquez, who was okay. a retired Austin police officer, and they had Dwayne Olney and his wife, Pat. So technically right. three investigators. Right. Uh, working and for Rodney I'm Reed just literally asking the these as questions. I'm not presenting them as facts by any stretch of the imagination. I'm literally just asking because uh, I'm learning as I mean, we're going here. Let me, let me do let – me, I want to do something real quick on uh, the beer cans that okay. Sean mentioned. Okay, go for it. Two beer cans were found at the crime scene. Where Stacy's right. body was. Pretty question. Whether they were, uh, I would like to, if I could, I'd like to just go through this without oh, question. Oh, yes, ma'am. Um, there's dispute as to whether they were pristine and new or whether they were old and had been there for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Ranger Rocky Wardlow observed that they had pine needles on top and compressed needles underneath, and one of the cans in a picture appears extremely dusty. So that led to the conclusion that the beer cans had been there longer than Stacy's body. They, out of an abundance of caution, collected the beer can. Reed's defense expert, Dr. Elizabeth Johnson, went to the Austin Crime Lab in April, and she got swabs and evidence from the case, including the two beer cans. Young swabbed the beer cans, the lips and the sides. He split the swabs. Elizabeth Johnson got two swabs for each of the beer cans and other evidence. She also received reference samples. She did her testing. She came up with HLA DQ alpha profiles on one of the beer cans, which is item number 24, that did not exclude Ed Salmella. David Hall, who was a Giddings police officer and a partner and friend of Jimmy Fennell, and Stacy Stite. Uh, then she went and let me let me finish. She went one step further after the HLA DQ alpha, and she did polymarker. And on the polymarker testing, that result excluded Hall, Salmella. And Stites. So the HOIDQ alpha that the defense attorneys may or may not have received had been done and their own expert had gotten an identical result. And then their own expert had gone one step further and ended up eliminating the people from the HOIDQ alpha that could not be excluded. So why wasn't that mentioned? 
Well, that's the problem is, is that Reed's advocates and attorneys, they want to keep saying they didn't get the beer can, the beer can evidence. They didn't get that report. And they ignore the fact that Dr. Elizabeth Johnson did get swabs from the beer can, did test those swabs, did get the identical result to the state crime lab's result, and did further testing that eliminated those people. But before you heard that before. Pardon? Because that is... Go ahead. You're breaking up. I just said that before you said this, just a couple of minutes ago, I had never heard that they were excluded. That is because you have never read any of the appellate opinions. Well, no, I didn't go into the court cases online or any of that stuff. I looked at all the, right. you know, websites. Right. I looked at all the the documentaries right. and everything like that. As you know, as I told you, and as we saw in the West Memphis Three case, sometimes the whole story is not told. Well, that's why we like you on on the show because you give evidence that we don't even see when we're looking at these documentaries and stuff. So that to me, that's dishonest for anybody to put that information out and not, you know, mention that they were excluded by a second right. test. So that should and, have been and told. I will, I will bet yeah. you dollars to donuts. I'll bet y'all each a hundred bucks that Tiffany or someone is going to tell you that I am lying. Well, that's irrelevant if somebody's said about that or not. You you looked at that evidence. I trust you because you do the research. Um, I don't think that you're going to come out here and lie to us about that, and I appreciate the fact that you have shown that because it shows dishonesty on some of the people's parts that have actually shown that to help read. Right. Well, they want to tell the – they want the narrative that makes them appear to be innocent. Well, of course. They I mean, people – and situation. I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, Tiffany, if you're listening, and I'm sorry to the first caller, but you don't want the other side or additional information to be told. You want it to be your narrative and your narrative only. And their bias keeps them from looking at these other things. Well, I would agree that most people that have a biased opinion are that way, and they don't want to look at, you know, uh, no. other that may point to the other side. I mean, it's human nature. We're all guilty of that. So, uh, again, thank you for bringing that forward because I didn't know that You're before welcome. this point. You're welcome. Hey, Sean. Yeah. I'm not uh, – we're about an hour over. Um, so no. I was going to go ahead and basically kind of do the wrap-up. Uh, first of all, Tiffany, um, everyone that's called into the show, we duly appreciate – uh, you taking the time to to come on the show, uh, whether you know anyone or everyone's agreed with everything that's been said, that's one of the benefits of living in this country is that you have the right to your opinion and no one can force you to believe any other way other than the way you choose to feel. And whether it's right or wrong, it's still your opinion, and we value each and everybody's opinion. I, and that's just me. I, I do personally value everybody's opinion, whether it be right or wrong. Uh, because I recognize their right to have that. Uh, as far as – and I, what I figured we'd do is we'd just kind of go around the room yeah. to wrap all this up and give uh, – my honest assessment of all this is I'm still uh, – I guess maybe I'm uh, – what what would be intellectually drunk at the moment with so much information to process that it – that, you know, I'm still uh, maybe – 
I guess depending if I was to have to be forced at at some point to to give it tonight would be that I believe that Rodney Reed there's a lot more to Rodney Reed's case uh that what hasn't been presented in the information that I've seen I don't think that I'm necessarily ready to formulate an opinion on that uh but that's just me um Sean your thoughts uh my thoughts um Looking at this, all the dis- that we've had, again, you know, getting more information than what we were given in all the documentaries and all the websites and everything that we saw. Uh, again, thank you, Lisa, for that, because, you know, we need every piece of information to form, you know, a reasonable opinion about this. I'm still on the fence. Either way, I don't know whether he did it or not. He's been convicted. I hope they don't put him to death. That's probably what's going to happen. I don't support that, but... Um, you know, as far as was this a travesty of justice or anything, that's still up to everybody else's opinion. I think, uh, you know, my personal opinion, the police did a piss poor job in their investigation. They should have done a better investigation. Um, I'm an, I'm an anarchist. So, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate on all these issues and I'm going to try to stir the pot to make people really fight for what they believe in. So if people think that I'm, you know, antagonistic towards Lisa that is not so at all you know I love a great debate and I respect Lisa a hundred percent and you know she pushes me in the same way so you know the people that attacked her and you know started blaming her for being biased and stuff like that I don't think that's fair you should get to know her um, send her a message and look at the information that she has I'm sure she would share that information with you a hundred percent and let you know why she believes what she does and, and you should respect that opinion because we all disagree on different things there's no reason to hate people or you know call people names for stuff like that you're absolutely right, right John. I mean uh, well I know you're going to sit here and defend the case I'm not just playing let's go ahead I'm just kidding no, I, I just, you know, like uh, Sean has said, there is a lot of information and a lot of information that isn't necessarily reported because it's not positive toward Rodney Reed. Um, and I think that it should all be out there, and if the court of public opinion is going to decide, they should have all of that information. And if they still choose to believe that he's innocent, then that's their right. But I don't appreciate someone trying to shut me down because they don't like what I have to say. And they don't like that I don't believe in the way that they do. And that is essentially what happens sometimes when people let their emotions get the better of them. So, um, and I, you know, I know Sean and I, you know, I know what to expect from him. That's wonderful. And I do appreciate him. I just wish he wouldn't be so general and he would give me some specifics to deal with. Um, and, uh, you know, I enjoy being on the show and I'm glad to be a co-host. And I appreciate y'all's defense of me this evening. I'll work uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, please. But uh, it is a, it's a, an emotionally charged case. Uh, Reed's writ was denied today. So the uh, Texas Court of Criminal Appeals will be reviewing that. And he's also going to be appealing the DNA statute to the U.S. Supreme Court. So uh, he'll be following a writ of certiorari in February. 
and we'll see what happens with that. Absolutely. I just want to give everyone out there an update. Uh, Well, we're not live, so it doesn't matter. I'm not doing that. But, Lisa, I will update you that with two minutes and 55 seconds to play in the game, Alabama has the football, and they have just tied it up with Georgia at 20 apiece. Oh, no. So I feel like Ancestry.com. Well, Ancestry.com will be overloaded tonight should Alabama win. I know, really. Sean, if you missed that joke, uh, Lisa, would you would you tell Sean that that ancestry dot com? Yeah, it's a meme from Jeff Foxworthy, and it said if you use ans- if your dating site is ancestry dot com, roll tide. Okay, well, I guess yeah, that that hits home. All of us being from Arkansas, yeah, yeah, we get that. It was Alabama. <laughs> Well, yeah, but they they say the same thing about us. I get it. I know. (laughs) Well, only Michael practices it, so it's okay. (laughs) Because Michael asked me before the show, he goes, if me and my wife get a divorce, is she still my sister? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I'm sorry. So, anyways, we will actually, if you are if you are listening to this and you listen to it tonight, if you want to talk sports and not something so serious as what the American Idiots podcast ha- uh, can do, uh, join Mike and Mike at night on Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time for your look at the, what's going on in the sports world uh, all around the nation. So, with that being said, for Lisa O'Brien, Sean Castleberry, myself, and Michael Carnahan, This has been another episode of the American Idiots Podcast. We will see you all next Monday night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time.